another episode of the DOS Game Club podcast. Uh, I'm Martijn, Martijn on the forums, and uh, I'm here with a whole group of people to talk about Alone in the Dark, which is the game we played in October, right? Because it was a spooky October Halloween month. So yeah, that's why we wanted a, a spooky game, and that was Alone in the Dark for us. Um... Yeah, well, let's let's uh, let's introduce everyone who's here. Uh, starting, of course, with our trusty co-host Florian. Hey guys. Hey. Uh, and also joining us is Marwan. Hi. Hey. That's awesome that you could be here because uh, it's been uh, it's been a long time, I think. Yeah, it has been a while, hasn't it? I'm back from the dead. Oh, <laughs> from the from the, I don't know, something Halloween dead. <laughs> How fitting for October, yeah. Um, and also joining us, you heard him uh, in the last episode on Monkey Island in the uh, voice message, but now he's here live. It's Phil. It's live. It's Phil. Hello. Oh. Greetings. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, now, today, for your listening pleasure, we are also joined by an additional guest. Uh, sir, please introduce yourself. Hello, I am Anatoly Shashkin, also known as Dust Nostalgic in some dark corners of the internet. Hello. Hey. Welcome. Super awesome that you could join us. Yeah. Because you've been talking about joining one of these for a while. Yes. Uh, and uh, I love Dust and everything Dust related, so uh, I love that there are podcasts about Dust games, and uh, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's awesome to have you. Um, and I think also Alone in the Dark is, uh, well, it's... Um, it's not just any game for you, right? It's not just for now, ah, let's join a random episode. I mean, this game is sort of cool, right? Yes, it's, it's, I love this game. It's a game that I sort of grew up with and have a lot of uh, fond memories of. And uh, I would say, I mean, would it be one of my favorite Dust games? Uh, if if let's say if the list of my favorite Dust games is about a hundred games, then maybe yes, yes, probably yes. <laughs> it's not going to be like in the top five, but uh, I am very fond of it, and uh, I'm glad to be able to talk about it. I have yeah. talked about it before, but like I'll talk about it again and again. It's mm. fi it's fine. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Let's let's dive in, right? Let's talk about Alone in the Dark. Sure. Yeah.
I have freed hellish forces, and now the price must be paid. Their seto is the prey of evil. The sun has set. They will find my body, but will not have my soul. I can imagine the master's fury and the terror in the hearts of his slaves. <gasps> I hear their footsteps. Some may understand what I have done. May God forgive me. Farewell, Jeremy Hartwood. So, uh, I think we should start with you, Marwan. Me? Um, yeah, well, you were the one who suggested that we play this game, I think. Yes, that's right. Right. I think it was a long time since I suggested it. It's cool that we finally got to play it. Yeah, we've got um, quite a backlog of suggestions, actually. So, I think we're good for, for 10 years to come or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, we are... Uh, Playing the the top one hundred of Anatoly. Yeah, well, uh, I think I think all games that that are suggested are in that list. So I don't know, but um, are you so sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so why did you suggest this game, uh, Marwan? Uh, yeah, uh, the game has a, a pretty special place in my heart as well because I've never played it before. <laughs> 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 no, really, uh, I was just uh, was just curious because uh, I've heard it has a, a special uh, historical uh, importance. Uh, I used to play on PlayStation a little bit of uh, Resident Evil 2 of uh, Dino Crisis, ah. which is uh, like mm. uh, Resident Evil 2 except with dinosaurs. Uh, so I knew makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I knew those games were influenced by Alone in the Dark, so I wanted to check this out. Mm. And uh, anything uh, horror, survival, and retro must be, of course, uh, awesome. So yeah, and, yep. and it was a good fit for uh, for Halloween, right? Absolutely. Uh, I think it's one of the scariest games uh, that are on the forums right now yeah. in the situation. Yeah, it's up to debate, but uh, yeah, we'll come to mm. that. Yeah. <laughs> It's probably one of the better DOS horror games overall. Like, if you consider yeah. the entire... There are not that many DOS horror games, no. un unfortunately. And most of them are, well, let's say, haven't aged particularly well. Not mm. going to say that Alone in the Dark has aged that greatly <laughs> either, but, but, but it's certainly, I think, historically and influentially. And just it, it has some, it has its moments too. And it's certainly yeah. very, very creepy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you have not played it a million times before, like I have. Yeah, um, exactly. It's, uh, yeah, I think the only other one we considered was Blood. Um, oh, blood's it, great. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's not really horror though. I mean, it, yeah, I guess it it kind of is depending uh, on where you are. But it's also it's a if you guys gonna try blood, it's it's a game for very highly skilled FPS players. Like it's not mm. it, it's got uh, sort of um, like especially the first episode and stuff. Like you need to be a, a very a very very skilled to to be able to play it past the first couple of levels. It's very difficult. Oh, okay, that's interesting. It's a great game. It's one of the best DOS first-person shooters, but it's not easy. Mm -hmm. it, it sort of has this requirement of you being 
haven't played Doom and everything and actually being very good at those games. Right, yeah. Well, maybe we'll dive into that one one day. But um, um, now, Phil, uh, I wonder, have you played this game before? Yes, actually, I've played it uh, closely when it came out. But for some reason, oh. I didn't have the boxed copy of that either. It's 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 funny, mm. really. I must have lost all the boxes. I don't know. Ah, that's interesting. Okay. But but somehow I made it past the copy protection, and I've played it right up to the gargoyles, and I didn't know what to do there. I, <laughs> I mean, if you recall, this was the puzzle. I I, I had the idea to to put uh, the mirrors, but and it never occurred to me that to, that I had to put the mirrors on the statues which I never did. I just put them on the ground and, ah. well, that was that and I was stuck right. for years. Yeah, putting objects on the ground is not... Not. Is not no. No. Okay. <laughs> but I played it uh, like 10 years or, or, ago or so and it's still uh, managed to get to the ballroom and rage quit there. <laughs> but, but yeah, last month I co- completed it in like overall two hours. So oh. yeah, it, it was much shorter than I e- expected it. But I think we will get to this in a bit. So yeah, yeah I, I, I played it back then, never got far with it. Oh. Just like Monkey Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah, well, actually, I, I mean, I can I can definitely relate to that. Uh, although, to be honest, I was much worse because I also played it and I never got out of even the first floor. Oh. Or the, actually, the, just the first room. I just oh. didn't get it. I mean, you started in this room in the attic and then the monster came at you, and I was like, I don't know what to do. And I was dead. And that's basic. that was the game as a kid. So, yeah, I tried it several times. And also the other ones, actually, the, the, the sequels. And I never, I never managed anything. So Yeah, especially yeah. with the start from, from Alone in well, the Dark well, 2. Well, that's really... That's expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to fire... Is that, is that the third one, I think, where you have to shoot uh, in this western town... In this the was bar? the third, yeah. Yeah, and just yeah, but but that's kind of doable, unlike um, the second game. The hedge okay. maze and the Tommy guns, yeah. Oh, the Tommy guns! I do remember the Tommy guns. But anyway, I never got beyond the first screen in any of these games, so I don't know. I'm just pathetic at these. Uh, I, I I did like the aesthetic though, like how it looked. It's kind of interesting. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I just never got far as a kid, but oh well. I did play it this month, and I'm I managed to get further than ever. Um, which means further than the first screen. So that's good, I guess. <laughs> that's something. Florian, <laughs> um, yes. have you played it before? Uh, not really. I knew about the game. I saw it a few times on a friend's computer when his brother was playing it. And I was saying, hey, let's play this game. It looks really cool. And But he yeah. always wanted to play summer games or uh, uh, I think Slipscream. And mm. yeah, so we, we never ended up playing Alone in the Dark in the end. So mm. it was my first time. Ah, that's interesting as well. Yeah, lots of new new uh, players, it seems. Or at least the first time that, you know, you really dive in seriously. Uh, yeah. But I think this is different for you, Anatoly. It is very different for me. Yeah. Um, I have played that game a long time ago um, in the 90s. I forget uh-huh. how I came across it. But um, I was always interested in computers and, like, 3D was a thing at the time. And that mm. game just sort of blew me away with its sort of moody backgrounds i love horror uh horror literature and film 
And like that game was right up my alley as a kid. It, it was pretty amazing. And also it's a game that was that supports um digital sound out of PC speaker. Oh. I didn't have a sound card at the time. So any game that supported digital sound output from a PC speaker was was super cool <laughs> yeah. you know, to me at the time. So it's all those elements came together and I love adventure games and puzzles. I didn't really speak English hmm. at the time and like uh, my mother has this giant Soviet dictionary. Um, that I used to play that in Monkey Island with, and uh, I, I now I don't understand how I did it, but I <laughs> I, have the, I put a lot of effort into that game. But unlike uh, it seems to me, uh, uh, I'm not sure. Like a lot of the things in the game, somewhat communicated, um, sort of visually and within the setup for me, even as a person who didn't know how to like uh, read much English or anything, like I was able to. Uh, figure out it seems hmm. that uh, some of you might have not had that reaction i sort of like i sort of assumed everybody had that reaction but oh no uh, apparently no, that's I... not the case i was actually able to beat the game uh after after some time although i did buy uh like this book there was like a russian um uh, like a sort of game guide collection stuff but it was more for translations of what the letters said and everything oh, okay. um and it had uh, it's a game it's actually oh it's very personal to me specifically because that's how i discovered hp lovecraft although oh. it really didn't oh, the game doesn't for me. Uh, the game doesn't really have um uh, any, it's not based on any particular works of Lovecraft, and is not mm. an official Lovecraft license even. No, um, but it 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 gives credit to it uh, uh, to him, and in that guide uh, collection that I had, it had a little bit of a uh, like a little um, uh, page about H.P. Lovecraft and oh. uh, his, his history. Um, and so I went to like my local library and looked up Russian translations. Of at the time, there were very few. Um, and that's how I got into Lovecraft as well. So, uh, yes, this game is pretty important for me. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's definitely a big influence on this game. I mean, even though it's not official licensed, it's still, yeah, very... It's very Lovecraftian in the mood, even though it wasn't intended to be as such. It has that sort of, like, fear of the unknown. You are very weak. You are unable to... Um, uh, sort of comprehend things around you and the the grander scheme of things. Uh, you, all your solutions are sort of very local, and it also takes place in that old house that's uh, mm. with the secret, uh, you know, uh, secret tunnels and all the sinister things going on beneath the even the surface of just the monsters and stuff. So it's it's all very Lovecraftian and in the time period, of course, as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So Anatoly, you're saying you managed to finish. Alone in the dark, uh, while not speaking English and without a walkthrough. That's right. Yes, yes. <laughs> Can yes. you just confirm this? Yes. I am confirming this. <laughs> you had a but lot of time. It's, it's, you know, it's at the time, I don't remember how long it took me, like maybe a year, not of constant play. I just kept coming back uh, to the places that I, uh, I, I got stuck in. But, uh, you know, at the time, I didn't have much to do. Remember, it was... Uh, it was a long time ago. I didn't have many games either. So, I mean, I did have actually quite a lot of games but uh, that I copied uh, from all over the place. Um, and, uh, yeah, but, but yeah, I did it. But it took, it took a while, which was also the case with, with many games. Yeah, and, and kids are like that also. I mean... Exactly. Like, I remember playing, I don't know, any of you, since you're European, you remember, like, Dizzy on, like, an 8-bit platforms, like, on the Spectrum or something? It's a, it's a British series of games. Oh, yes. I mean, I love those games. I, I remember at one point on my birthday spending, like, eight hours playing with Fantastic Dizzy on the <laughs> NES with, with, my, with my neighbor and stuff. Um, 
I don't know if I could beat those games today <laughs> no. or, or even put as man, as much time for, forget eight hours into any game but yeah. even half as much time but back then i was determined to beat the games <laughs> um i didn't beat many games actually i haven't finished many games but certain certain things alone in the dark seemed like the kind of thing that was so because it was the genre of the game and its presentation and its mood mm. that i kept coming back where i eventually uh beat it uh and as we uh, i hope all now know the game is really short um, yeah, you just have to sort of figure out what to do. Uh, that's the tough part, and not yeah. and not put yourself in an unwinnable position, which is yeah. also <laughs> the medic mention problem, a, a tough thing. But it's possible. It's possible to do it as a kid. I will attest <laughs> to that. Um, maybe maybe for listeners who aren't um, as familiar with this game as as we are by now, maybe it's good to explain a little bit. You know what what this game. Well, we've talked a little bit about like the atmosphere and there's a house, but you know what? What is this game? Does anyone uh, can anyone explain this game in a few sentences? Yes, I'd say uh, we can start by saying that the game is a lie uh, because what? Uh, yeah, it says <laughs> it says alone in the dark on the box. Okay, <laughs> you're not alone and it's not you, dark. Yeah. So you, what? you start the game, you enter a perfectly lit <laughs> mansion. You go up to the highest uh, floor of the mansion, and then within literally two minutes of playing, you get uh, like a zombie and a flying beast attacking you. Yeah. That's not alone in the dark. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's still so, better than yeah. like the later alone in the dark games where like light is actually like a mechanic, right? Oh, the last God. One. And, it's, and it's an MMO. <laughs> so mm. by definition... Uh, those, the, I think maybe it's like a staple of the series when you're never actually alone in that great title. Yeah, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> um, so okay, so you're not alone and you're not in the dark. But what, <laughs> what is the game then? I mean, uh, what's going on? I think on? Uh, it's, it can easily be described as a 3D adventure in a sense because it's not so much uh, uh, yeah, a stealth game or, or even a horror game or a survival game as is it, is it an adventure. Uh, uh, yeah, for listeners, mm. it's, it's, uh, you, you have a character that's rendered in very low poly in 3D, but you walk on 2D backgrounds and everything is just very cinematic and in strange angles. And yeah, and you just keep walking around and then the camera switches and you're uh, disoriented <laughs> and you control like a tank. I think this is where the inf infamous tank controls stem from. Tank yeah. controls. Yeah. Everything, everything stems from this game, which sort of really bothered me when in the 90s Resident Evil got all mm -hmm. the credit. That's true. Yeah. Now, now we're sort of back to admitting that Alone in the Dark existed. Yeah. Um, but there was a point when there were no Alone in the Dark games, even until like the, the fourth game came around and stuff and the, the, the franchise franchise sort of started coming back not in the best way but but it still was more in a public side but resident evil got that credit for being the 3d survival horror game while it's clearly just doing exactly what uh alone in the dark did right down to tank controls and the whole walking over an item uh you know take or leave right yeah uh, selection for the inventory i mean they sort of took that whole concept wholesale absolutely right I'd even say that, that uh, in Alone in the Dark, I found the controls a bit less frustrating than uh, I used to in uh, Resident Evil because maybe you have more time to see the monster mm. coming, uh, to aim and shoot. Uh, so when you have action... I think it's easier yeah. to rotate, but like try running in Alone in the Dark on a fast oh machine. Like, yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the thing with this game. I mean, you, you sort of have time because you see the monster approaching, but once you mess up, 
and you're too close, then you're just already dead, really, because you can't uh, press down yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the load, the last save, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, you're, you you can get easily stun locked. <laughs> yeah. I think the game is, uh, but the game knows this because it's all designed all around uh, loading. I mean, you get, I think, five or six save slots and you don't have to exit the game. You can just reload right instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember other games, if you if you just mess up, they boot you straight out back to DOS and you have to watch a two-minute long intro again just yeah. to fail again like two or five seconds later so mm. i think i think in, in the game's design they very much were aware of this and and all yeah all those cool the sucks you could end up in you know uh, uh, entering the the tunnels without all the necessary items you need and all, all that stuff so i think yeah. <laughs> i think this was almost not not quite intentional but at least yeah they, they knew that it happened and yeah yeah, yeah designed basically around just safe scumming is a mechanic in this game. absolutely yes but yeah. if you i also would like to pose that thing that uh, as as a as a um, appreciator of early french pc games i mean let's face it most french pc games are like impossible to play great presentation <laughs> like 100% of the time possible to play like 50% maybe and like possible mm-hmm. to finish like five yeah so like and they a lot all of, look and sound great. oh they look and sound amazing all, all the time I, I i love them but like they're well you've played one on the show i mean uh transarctica mm-hmm. is a really good example of those and that's one of the more playable yep. silmarils <laughs> games like more approachable to uh, yeah. try like something like Stormmaster and uh yeah uh, your head will explode. It's 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 but great graphics though. But like so, Alone in the Dark is sits like in between those places where like yes, its design decisions are sort of antiquated in many ways and stuff. But it's it's sort of very playable. It's easy to pick up. It's really easy to get into. Uh, the interface hmm. I think is yeah. uh, is 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 quite interesting. I guess I mean maybe not the best, but for the time I think it's it, it it's very approachable. No, definitely, definitely. As a, a first uh, a first time player, I found the controls quite intuitive. The menu system was straightforward. Mm. Really? So, yeah. Maybe maybe uh, it's tuned for French people. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I found the controls very very weird from from a, at least from from today's standpoint uh, that you have to switch your action in the menu and to fight oh, you course, have to yeah. multiple keys yeah. and and that you could run yeah, yeah it's a bit yeah. weird but you get well, used to well, it it's a bit weird thing. but it, it, it's uh, I think it's semi-intuitive once you figure out that the key combinations are there and uh, also remember it's like a it's uh, well it it's a defined genre. So for the first try in the specific genre, hmm. you know, that's not a bad attempt at all. Definitely. Yeah, I, I mean, once once you understand the controls, they are easy to use, but... Um, Except for to running. To get there without a, without a manual uh, or without an internet guide, I think I would have quit just after the first 10 minutes. Oh, wow, yeah. that's harsh. <laughs> did, you, did you read the manual, Florian? Um, no. Right. <laughs> that explains it. I used, I used an internet guide to... Um, find out what i had to do yeah but this that that's the thing with this game it's once you you get the hang of it then it's all it clicks and you just yeah you get it and you can play but but the game doesn't really help you in any way or make it clear what's going on or what you need to do i mean like the stuff we talked about with the gargoyles for example well that's in the book um, <laughs> yeah but but yeah i mean you have to pick it's up it's in the book that you you that you can't leave without even like that's the thing like the guy he will turn around if you if you don't get all the items in the attic hmm right um, okay so maybe the game does help you a little 
But even then, I think it was, it's not super obvious that it's about this guy. I mean, this this book that you're talking about, it says something about those monsters and the mirrors, but it, really, that it doesn't really say that it's about this kind of monster. And No, it doesn't, um, but it's like no. a, if you're a fan of adventure games, you've seen worse. Yeah, That's yeah, true. yeah. maybe. I've got to be a lonely dark apologist in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, like, it looks That's, like. That's perfectly fine. We, we always need someone on the show who really liked the game. Yeah, definitely. Now, you know, the issue for me isn't even really the mirrors and and the monster. And I mean, it's a little bit fake, but okay. But then it's also really easy to break the mirrors. Yes, that that I don't particularly understand why that decision had to be in there. It's really just easy to screw yourself just in general. Yeah. uh, Almost around every corner. And... uh, (laughs) And, um, well, I mean, it's not unusual for adventure games to be able to put yourself in an invincible situation, right? Let's admit that much as well uh, for both Western and sort of like European adventures. That was sort of like a staple of a genre mm. until until adventure sort of adopted the LucasArts approach, right? Yeah, right. And some people still don't like it to this day, uh, uh, but it, it depends on where you land on this. But, yeah, there are certain things in Alone in the Dark where you can really, really... Um, mess your progress up. Like, for example, you in the room that you pick up the mirrors in for that first puzzle, uh, you know, the, fl- the flying thing comes up, flying whatever. Yeah. Everybody used to call it different. To me, I don't know, I used to call it the flying the dog. I don't know why it doesn't look anything <laughs> like a dog. I don't know, look anything like a dog. It looks more like a chicken, yes, with yeah. a, like, saber-toothed chicken. But, like, so, basically, any action that you do that's not just walking uh, while you're carrying the mirrors breaks them. Yeah. Um, I guess cool for realism, but uh, like, why is it in there? Like, yeah. it really didn't need to be that way. Uh, I also don't understand, yes. But it's also very unclear that this happens. Uh, I uh, mean, you, you, like, you hear the noise. They actually play the sound effect. Uh, yeah, but, but I mean, when the, when the chicken comes in through the window and you've already picked up the mirror, you just panic, right? And then you should. Yes, exactly. Because so, you're like, what? It's so close. Yeah. And then if you manage to fight him, and then maybe you visit another room and you find some health packs and you're just on your way. And by the time that you visit these gargoyles, you've basically forgotten what happened. With the, I mean, it's hard to make the, the link between breaking the mirrors and not beating the gargoyle puzzle. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. It's not the most obvious. The mirrors, I will agree wholeheartedly that that yeah. really didn't need to be there. It feels like you know, it's an early game with 3D, with like this physical 3D world, and it just feels like such a, like a programmer's thing, you know, like a designer thing. It's like, oh, cool! <laughs> like if you carry yeah. something in your inventory and you get into a thing that's easily breakable, it'll break. Awesome! Let's put yeah. that in without actually yeah. thinking of ahead. Realism, of, yeah. yeah. Like, what can it uh, entail for the player? Yeah, but ah well. I mean, it's still. I don't know. It's it's a cool challenge with also with the safe slots. I mean, you have to sort of. Think all, and also the thing is with uh, the the mirror puzzle, it really primes you for oh, stuff can go wrong all the time. So you just start yes. saving like a madman, using all the you do, and that's kind of cool, I guess. I mean, and the game is not linear too. Mm. It's like in the first, in its first two thirds, I guess the, the the end of the game is very linear. Yeah, uh, but um, like most of the mansion, once you get out of the attic, is. It's kind of open to you, yeah. so you don't quite know where to go and stuff. So you kind of end up using the the safe slots. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty challenging. Right. Oh, that's cool. So I I don't know. Was that an explanation of the game? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Um, I say I, I say the feels the definition was quite cool. Uh, a three D adventure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
there's a lot of action, um, but mainly it's it's solving puzzles while being extremely vulnerable to to danger. Basically, like yeah. everything you touch kills you, uh, yeah. and you're only given like a handful of chances to replenish your health throughout the game. Yeah, this is very lopsided. Yeah, it is. Yes, and most of them are in the beginning, which is really sad. Actually, uh, when I played it the most recently without saving at the at the convention. The reason I didn't play through the entire game while I was waiting was uh, because I sort of made it to the room with the spiders and mm. I wasn't paying enough attention oh, and I got down to, to one health. And Ouch. even though I made it to the next side and picked up the items, I couldn't. I, I, I did like five minutes of save and reloading uh, in frustration <laughs> trying to avoid. And I did make it like almost out through that room back but there's basically i've put myself in a situation where there's there was no way for me to continue without taking damage and taking damage would kill me so yeah it's that game like if you're un- yeah. unprepared for that happening it's not a game for you yeah <laughs> and you can't kill anything i mean even those stupid rats in the cellar i mean they're completely uh pointless as enemies because they t- just take one health but you can't kill them and I, I ran around in circles just trying to avoid those rats because I used up all my health very yes. early and was <laughs> yeah I was finishing the game with like 15 health or so for the last hour and yeah it, it was really you, you had to be on your toes and even avoid those stupid rats but, but uh, funny thing enough although you can avoid a lot of the uh, fighting in the game in the beginning it's sort of presented to you as this organic tutorial of sorts like because when you're in the attic right you first have you see the window and the wardrobe next to it right you, that's how it's framed that very first shot it's very sort of obvious that they want your eye go towards that uh window and the the one the flying chicken comes through it and then there's a zombie that comes out from like a latch on the floor and by yeah. it you you see a 3D uh, chest and i think that's kind of obvious that you had to do um by using the push command you can yeah. you can you can push the wardrobe towards the window and push the chest on the um uh, on the um uh, uh, on, on the latch, on the latch, and uh, yeah. and this way you can avoid the fighting. But it sort of continues throughout the rest of the game. Not all the time, but there is moments where you can just hide from zombies or or close doors in their face. Um, right. Yes. Uh, and uh, other things where you can sort of avoid fighting by just sort of running from one room to the other and stuff like that. Uh, uh, for the time, I think the whole organic tutorial, even though doesn't really tell you. Uh, mm. that it doesn't really explain any of that, but I think it tries to that it tries to at least hint at it and teach you before the main game starts. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, I agree. I'd say even the the tutorial ends uh, uh, at the two gargoyles because that's when you realize that uh, some of the enemies cannot be killed mm-hmm. and some of them are uh, riddles instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you can't solve everything by just fighting. Uh, so when you beat that part, then you start to understand what the game is really about. Right, well, so what the game is really about is that floor, that, that, that the insta-kill <laughs> trap in that corner that you, walked, that you walked just fine on previously during the intro, but for some reason going back, it whoops, uh, now you're dead. Yeah. I think uh, you were a big fan of that floor, Florian. <laughs> yeah, um, let's... let's uh, um... You were talking about this tutorial part where you can block the entrance to the monsters. I, I don't know if I'm just especially stupid, but on my first 10 attempts, it didn't occur to me that I could move <laughs> parts um, or, or pieces in the level around at all. So mm. 
Um, I think someone in the, in the chat mentioned that it was possible. And then I tried and I was like, oh, that's quite clever. Mm. Maybe it's because the uh, 3D objects integrate so well with the background. And you can't I actually really... think they, st they stand out quite a lot. Like, <laughs> that's what I meant. Th yeah, that, that's so, why it's, it's so obvious <laughs> that you can do something with yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just yeah. super stupid. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think, I think you just want to kill things, Florian. That's, I think that's you true. Just, it's, that, it's my nature. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking about uh, things that try to kill you, I mean, uh, if, I don't know if you have all watched uh, the GDC postmortem, mm. but I think uh, Frederic uh, Renal said uh, that he really wanted to set the stage that pretty much anything could kill you, yeah. that the floor could kill you. So yeah, you you need to be afraid of the floor. Uh, yeah, enemies can some enemies you, you can't uh, uh, kill them, so they kill you with one or two hits. So you're afraid of enemies. Mm. You're afraid of opening doors because suddenly there's a zombie outside. You read some book in a library and it kills you. So now you're afraid of books. So this is, this is yes. the whole game is just staged around to to try to to frighten you in a way. So I think this works out. Yeah, it's an astounding success in that in that way, which is why we now call that genre survival horror. Right? Exactly. It's very much the same as in the first Resident Evil game. Now the Resident Evil games like you go around towns like killing like thousands of zombies and kicking their heads, but like the first, especially the first Resident Evil game, you are super vulnerable as well. Hmm. Like they carried that element over. Maybe the floor doesn't kill you, but everything else kills you, and health is very scarce, and so is the ammo. Um, so like uh, that's where the whole survival horror comes from so at the time yes we didn't have that term we called it the sort of 3D adventure which even yeah. for the time was unusual but now it's certainly very much a survival horror you're solving puzzles while trying to do as little action as possible because you're in danger of constantly being hurt yeah, yeah but definitely it's, it's also deceptive I mean you you just talked about the floor uh, that, that, that breaks and you fall through the floor while you just walked yes. about, all across it uh, five minutes before um, yeah, I think the whole intro sequence is a bit um, deceptive in that part. Misleading, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, yeah, it's, but that's sort of the point. I mean, it, the, the game is trying to scare you. That's that's really... So it's trying that you can't trust anything. That's really the thing that, yeah. that the game is trying to tell you. Speaking of um, of scaring people, um, when I went down from the from the attic the first time, and I went to the door on the left, I think, and I stood there just for a, for a moment, and I was um, distracted by something, and then I kept I started moving again, and suddenly this zombie appeared right behind me, and I didn't see it coming. Usually, <laughs> I, uh, on my second uh, attempt, I saw that it, that you can actually see it um, mm. walk behind you, but I didn't see that part, and so it was there, and I thought, whoa, what a jump scare! Yeah, <laughs> proper proper jump scare. That's cool. Uh, and another aspect uh, from the tutorial uh, was that uh, while it is quite good at uh, making you afraid of everything. On the other side, you quite have a lot of weapons uh, very early. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was uh, very surprised by that because that's uh, not something you'd see in uh, today's survival horror games. But uh, like uh, in the first couple of rooms, you get uh, a bow, I think, uh, a rifle, yeah. even a cavalry saber. Yeah. Uh, your backpack is uh, full of weapons uh, by a couple of rooms in. Yeah. So right. uh, that was a bit surprising uh, for for the genre, but uh, of course it's uh, right. the very first game to do that sort of thing. So 
But first of all, you don't you don't get a lot of ammo for your weapons, and then they also break. Um, I used this this the cavalry saber. That's what I, I was going to say. This stupid sword. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what? Yeah, I was quite disappointed to see it break. I don't know if, if the monsters are just super super hard, or if the, the sword is made of sugar. I don't know. But uh, three strikes, and the sword was done. I think, right? Yeah, it's it's forged from the same guy who does the weapons in Zelda Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I, I think they were actually a bit more durable. The chicken have super <laughs> sick skin. I was just going to say, like this game reveals one of the first uh, problems with the survival horror 3D genre that never got fixed until we went full 3D is how difficult it is to aim with mm. those camera oh angles yeah. that are specifically oh. made to be weird. Like it's almost impossible to hit anything with the rifle unless it's like two feet in front of your nose. Yeah, And um, Alone in the Dark 2... Blissfully ignores that fact. <laughs> oh, gosh. I actually have some info that only like 20 years later I got on Alone in the Dark 2 that sort of explains some of the stuff about Alone in the Dark 2, but I guess we'll we'll get to that later. Okay. But that's also, that's also a typical uh, Renal thing, I think, with a little big adventure, aiming and just walking in a straight line is completely <laughs> impossible. Yeah. It's different, but at least the perspective was, uh, you know, unified. So that's true. So at least that. But like in Alone in the Dark, because there's some angles, there's this moment when you go, um, when you go into a little closet uh, where the jug is um, uh, or where the oil, another second oil tin uh, is uh, in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, Like the coal uh, room. And there's a zombie spawned behind you. (laughs) Uh, It's a great angle for, well, for the visual of a zombie crawling up. From behind you, you know, uh, but it's not a great angle for well anything else really because <laughs> it's like from, it's it's like from a floor looking up, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, and the game is full of those things. They're very very cinematic, but look, but my, not three D, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but not practical for anything else. <laughs> Phil, yeah, I wanted to say something about uh, the environmental storytelling because when I went through. This, this, uh, yeah, uh, re- really struck me because uh, how well it was thought out. Because the first time, uh, or the first couple of times I played it, I didn't pay enough attention. But uh, in the first room, you see this little stool on on the floor, and I think this is, yeah, of course, where Jeremy has hanged himself. Mm-hmm. Oh. And and in the first, also in the, uh, when you come down, uh, this this uh, in the first floor that's below the attic, all the mirrors are broken there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. of course, it makes sense because you have those uh, two gargoyles who are afraid of mirrors, yeah. right? And and there are a lot of little bits like uh, the, the picture gallery with all the paintings and some foreshadowing. Yes, there are paintings where the very obvious hint, which you have better have noticed, like until... Exactly, well, yeah the end of the game really like. and also what i like uh, because uh, on on this game over screen which you see a lot for those who haven't <laughs> played it it's your character whichever you selected is just lying on some altar and yeah spooky uh, not not so much spooky music uplifting music plays and yeah th- what i liked really about it is that in the end you uh, when you finish the game you need to interact with the, this altar and then you suddenly see in the game over uh, screen, you notice that there are hands and yeah, you can even see the, the bad guy looking down on you. I, mm-hmm. I, it took me like, I don't know, 50 times that I looked at this picture. And then, of course, then you can see it. So this is what I really enjoyed about it uh, design-wise that you've, you've seen this sequence so much with your corpse being dragged there. And finally, it's payback time in the end. So this was this was really great for me. Yeah, that's cool. 
is it ever really explained what's what's going on? I mean, you start this game not knowing anything, right? Because you, like you said, you can choose your character at the start. So you can choose between um, a man called Edward mm-hmm. Carnby or a woman called Emily Hartwood. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think the intro sequence is a little bit different. Uh, uh, it's The sequence is the same, but the text is different. They both have completely different backstories. And Emily actually has the hint because like in her thing it's like oh he put the wardrobe against the window for some reason like that's that's actually you can but it yeah, has and the it, secret compartment and the piano and behind the clock a lot of hints yeah yes but it has no bearing on the rest of the game whatsoever and yeah. the plot is actually explained in the letters and the diaries you that you begin to find in a very lovecraftian way actually yeah right okay so it's yeah and and actually, where you you actually get the uh, sorry you you get the uh, letter from from the villain himself near near the end a couple of times like yeah. uh, which sort of explains the entire thing that you should have pieced together at this point but you like you get like the final thing directly from him essentially yeah that's an interesting part of the game I think because you can choose to play the game of trying to gather the clues about uh, what happened here, mm-hmm. or you can play it re- literally as an action and puzzle-solving game mm-hmm. without caring about the story. And in the end, you, you still get uh, a rough answer of uh, what's going on here. So That's cool. It can be played both ways. Yeah, both like an action or, a, or an adventure game, sort of. Yeah. Now, I played, a vers- I played the version from, from GOG.com. Um, oh, boy. And, and in... Well, in that version, all the letters and all the books and everything, it was all uh, voice acting, uh, which was oh, oh, really dramatic reading <laughs> and really, well, they were really trying. Oh, so. God, it's so bad. <laughs> but if you think that's dramatic, try the third game. The third game is like mm. absolutely hilarious in, in, in their dramatic readings. But I, I think, yeah, I, I cannot stand the CD version of the first game. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I I liked it actually. Uh, I mean, <laughs> to me, it breaks the immersion so much. I'm I'm surprised here because because I played it in French and uh, oh, did the, you? everything had voiceover as well, and it was okay. I, I'd say mm. uh, is the English voiceover really bad? Well, it's not. Terrible. It's just really uh, over the yeah, top. It's, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's like extremely the, the Jeremy's letter, like right from the get-go, the first letter they get uh, was, that, I have freed the hellish forces <laughs> and they're coming yeah. for me. And it's like, wow. Like, <laughs> and the rest of them are just as, just as bad. Yeah, and it's also every sentence is like acted on its own. <laughs> yeah. So it's like... He reads one sentence really <laughs> dramatically, but then he's all back together in the next one. It's like, what are you doing? It's it's not even one coherent performance. It's I don't know. It's really weird. It's really weird. And I think they sort of. I love the ad lib music, which they got rid of mm. uh, in the city oh, because yeah. it's a, it's a cheap. It's one thing if it was like great, but it's also just the synthesized music just recorded. Yeah. And to me, the chip music is slightly. Uh, uh better yeah. uh, in that sort of a game yeah so okay so the 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 gog.com version is just really the cd rom version just the cd exactly yeah so that one at the time also had the the voice acting i was wondering about that yeah i was just just wanted to say that the french version has much better voice acting because um one of the voices uh, the one that plays uh the lord boleskin 
mm. which uh, who has a couple journals in the game. Uh, it's done by the official voice of uh, Morgan Freeman. Oh, oh that's great. Uh, in, Fr in French, it's uh, the guy is called Benoit Alman. And uh, he's quite a renowned uh, voice actor here. Wow. So I was uh, pleasantly surprised to hear him uh, in the journals. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I mean, that's what you get with a French production, yeah. I guess. Yep. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> You don't get a clear gameplay, but you get good art and voice actors. <laughs> um, now, maybe this is a good bridge to talk a little bit how this game uh, came to be. Um, I, have we already mentioned the name Frédéric Renal? I think we did, right? Several dozen times, I think. Yeah, well, I think we all <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> who is this guy anyway? <laughs> well, who is... Exactly, who is this guy anyway? Uh, does anyone know who this guy is anyway? Um, I remember uh, you, you in the... Um, before we started recording, Anatoly, you actually... You said you met him? I didn't meet him. I I, I saw. Oh, you saw him. Yeah, in a distance. It was, I, yeah, I, it was before we started recording, so I might as well share the story. I was uh, I was going to my first GDC hmm. uh, game developers conference in San Francisco, and I just landed, and my hotel wasn't ready, and I met up with some friends. We were eating breakfast, like a late breakfast, in a diner, and I was sitting in a table. We were sitting in a table by the door, and I was facing the door. And I, at that point, has not. I, I've met a few celebrities in my life, actually a bunch. I used to go to like horror conventions all the time, but for some reason, video games are different from movies to me. And mm -hmm. the door opened, and like Frederick right now just walked in. He looked exactly the same as like his old pictures. Uh, in in the, you know, he's always like if you ever seen the pictures of him, even from the '90s, he's wearing like a like a regular shirt, uh, pants, and he has that hair that's like sort of high and like in a very specific sort of shape. Hmm. Uh, and uh, sort of very much like a French nerd kind of thing, <laughs> and uh, and he just sort of like ran in, like like sort of quietly said his order and like went to sit in the back, and I just like lost the ability to speak. It was like my jaw just dropped on the floor. I stopped chewing. My friends were like, uh, "Like, are you okay?" I, I was just like, "Up, up, 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 up." That was Frederick Raynell. I was like, I can't believe it. I, I've just seen this guy with my own two eyes. But yeah, that's. Uh, uh, that's my and then like I met the Gog people and they were like oh no he doesn't really like being talked to he's very like private and stuff and I was like mm. okay well because for first uh, like you know uh, for like five minutes I considered like should I just go like yeah and be like and be like hello Mr. Arnal blah 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 uh, but uh, and I, I I used to speak a little bit of French uh, but mm. um, yeah it took like five years in school and now I forgot it was it was too long. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, I also don't like to bother people when they eat. I just generally don't like to bother people, but I definitely don't like to bother them when they're eating. So yeah. I didn't do that. And uh, when they told me he was like super private, I was like, oh, it's a, I guess it's a good thing yeah. that I didn't. But I know I never actually met him. I just right. saw him. <laughs> you you were in his presence. Yes, so yes. That's that's the thing. Yeah. So um, this guy, uh, do we just call him Fred or <laughs> I don't know Frederick? Frederick Reynal, Reynal, I guess, in French. Uh, Marwan can say this pro properly, I think. <laughs> Your pronunciation is perfect. Well, uh, it's, Beautiful. it's not, but okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, this, this, uh, like you said, this, this is a, a French programmer. Um, and I think, well, I don't know if he started by doing this, but he definitely made the uh, 1989 breakout clone called Popcorn, right? Mm -hmm. Which was really Which was, good. It's yeah, really yeah, good. It it and, is good. It's and free. Yeah. Oh, originally. It? Oh, that's awesome. I did that. I'm pretty sure it's a freeware classic. Yeah, it was. Oh. Yes. Yeah. 
That's that's yeah. As Which a, makes it even cooler. Yeah, definitely. As a kid, all the games were free to me, so I well, didn't, yeah. <laughs> I didn't really know. But um, yeah, it's a CGA game, I think. Right? It's uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I remember playing it. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Incredibly polished. Yeah, it's very polished and very good looking for using that garish CGA palette. Yeah. Also has an extremely convincing boss key. Does any Does anyone remember that? Oh, I don't. No. I don't think at the time I even realized that people had jobs. So I, did, I, did, I was like eight years old. I, I forget which button it is. It's like F, F1 or F11 or maybe F12. But for, for some listeners who might not be aware, games used to have such a uh, IBM PC game specifically used mm. to have such things as a boss key, yeah. mostly because IBM PCs cost so much money, especially in the eighties, they cost as much as a car or more. Sometimes uh, people wouldn't have them at home. People would ha- have them at work. And sometimes they would at work, they would play games What? No, <laughs> on, on those machines. <laughs> so the games had a built in boss key where you saw your boss approaching or coming, you could hit a key and it would turn your screen into a command prompt or maybe often something closely resembling uh, a word processor or a spreadsheet. Something that, yeah, yeah, Yeah. something that your boss from a distance who maybe wasn't uh, as apt at computers, uh, it it looked like you were working instead of, you know, getting playing games on company time. (laughs) And the popcorn had one of those, and it's actually very, very detailed and uh, convincing. I, I, I really like. It. What what happens in the in the Bosky screen of popcorn? Uh, I think it's just like a like a like a spreadsheet sort of like with info punched in and some uh, menus. It's nice. it's a still picture. You can't really interact with it. Um, uh, but it's just the way it looks. Yeah. yeah, and it's actually made for the CGA text mode. Like I think if you play it on DOSBox, unless you set the machine to CGA, it doesn't work properly. Hmm. Uh, but in the CGA text mode, it's like perfectly framed. It it just looks very convincing from a distance. Oh, yeah. Uh, Definitely would have fooled me. Yeah, cool. (laughs) I just wanted to add a real funny uh, uh, boss key screen. I think it was in one of those Larry adventures (laughs) where you also had some spreadsheets and bar graphs and it was was, uh, just uh, sales of condoms (laughs) and, and stuff like that. So... Completely in tune with the whole Larry yeah. stuff. So you, you couldn't have your boss come too close and watch your screen. Well, the thing with the Larry boss screen was also there was no way. You couldn't exit it. Exactly. exactly. There was no way it back was, to it the was, game. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> oh, I actually found, I think I found the um, the popcorn boss screen here in my files. I'll hmm. post it in the chat. Oh, yeah. We can uh, put it along with, um, with the post uh, when we publish the episode. Oh, awesome. Can look at it. Yeah, that's cool. So anyway, um, the 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 Frederic Grenell guy uh, made popcorn, um, and I think the people at Infogram, uh, which is a French-based game developer, Infogram, um, I think, uh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I I always sort of see that's that's actually a, a thing with everybody think, but I actually think it's supposed to be Infogrames. I don't know. That's how that's how Frederick right now says it to GDC. That's how I think Hubert Chardot used to say it when okay. the interviews that that I saw him. And if it was Infogram, it would be two M's and an E, right? Like yeah. it's clearly like uh, targeting the um, the the Western sort of, or at least English speaking. At least to me, that's uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think I've read that as well. That it's supposed to be a pun with games. Yes, yeah, that, definitely uh, on program. 
program as well. Yeah. And, but uh, uh, to be honest, in French, it uh, doesn't really work that much because I've always pronounced it uh, infogram. Hmm. <laughs> so it was completely, it went completely uh, over my head. And uh, I was wondering as well uh, for a time why it had just one M. Yeah. Yeah, so exactly. Even in France, uh, it's a confusing uh, name. <laughs> a great name. Yes. <laughs> which, is why, which is why I think it was targeting sort of like maybe uh, not, not only the French audience with that, with yeah. that name. Same problem with Rudabund, I think. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody knew how, how, how to pronounce that. It's like, what do you do with the? That's not the it's word. It's a zero? Uh, what's it? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, the people at, at Infogrames or Infogram or whatever, um, they, they play pe- popcorn and they uh, they were really impressed. So they hired uh, Frédéric Ranal to, to work for him, uh, work for them. Um, and he was assigned to port uh, uh, an early 3D game they were making called Alpha Waves. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- this game I read was originally developed for the Atari ST. Yeah. But um, being it already the late 90s, uh, they wanted this game to run on MS-DOS and Amiga. So uh, they assigned Frederick to, uh, well, to port the game to MS-DOS, basically. Which I don't think he, well, porting is maybe not the word. I think he just re-implemented the entire game from scratch. Um, But maybe that's the way to port these games, I don't know. But anyway, this is how he got into 3D programming. So... uh, yeah, that's really when he figured out, hey, this 3D programming stuff is actually pretty cool. So then when the chance came along uh, to make a full 3D DOS game, he stepped up and he said, yeah, I, I can do that. And uh, he got the job to be the project lead on what would become Alone in the Dark. Um, yeah, I think he was a big horror fan, just like you, Anatoly. Yeah, uh, it makes sense. Yeah, he was uh, into these... Uh, uh, Romero zombie movies stuff like that so uh, yeah I think he just uh, he also used to work in his uh, father's VHS rental shop where they also repaired computers I think and so, right like yeah. it was like the first floor was like the the uh, the VHS shop the second floor was the computer shop so he he had like a perfect combination of elements for, for him yeah. for him to to be a programmer taking nerd and to make that game as a horror fan yeah that's awesome. So, yeah, that's basically what happened. Um, and uh, let's see, some other key people. I mean, he's not, uh, yeah, he's the he's the main guy, but he's definitely not the only one in the credits. Um, some other people that joined quite early on were Didier Chanfray. Chanfray? I don't know. You need me. You need to help check. me. <laughs> Didier Chanfray. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. That guy. Uh, and then uh, Yael Barros. Uh. Um, Yael Barroso. Yeah. yeah, I think I think they just got just married? use their, their first name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard enough. But I think uh, uh, Jael, um, she married mm-hmm. Frederick eventually. Yes. So uh, yeah, they became like a, a game development married couple. So that's kind of cool. Um, and I read on Wikipedia actually that they had organized uh, an internal contest. Uh, who could make the best art for this game? And she came out as the winner. Yes. So uh, so that's pretty cool. That's why she joined the project. I think it was even an informal uh, uh, kind of contest because uh, Frederic was working, as far as I know, uh, on, on the game or more on the prototype, more or less by himself. 
and he just went around uh, infograms uh, for Graben <laughs> and asked around just just to for for some people to throw him some some art. Yeah, mm. and the, the art from Yael uh, worked the best with uh, with what he had in mind. And this this was his finished prototype, which he then showed uh, to the higher ups on infograms. Yeah, yeah, and they were really impressed. I think. Um, JL uh, focused on the backgrounds, which is the the two D backgrounds that we talked about. So that's all. Um, I, I I think some three D techniques are involved, though. Um, I'm not yes exactly sh- yeah exactly. I'm not completely sure that it's not just hand painted backgrounds or something. Oh, I thought it was rendered. At uh, least it looks rendered. They, no no no. Yeah. It's 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 hand painted backgrounds based on wireframe. If you look right. at the uh, the original engine, it's uh, it's actually also been disassembled. There's a viewer for resources that you can take a look at. So it's just a sort of boxy. Things, but they're not rendered. Not only the original backgrounds are not rendered, they're paintings that are scanned in paintings, but they're not even Ooh. scanned in original paintings. As he points out in his talk, they scanned in photos of those paintings because wow. the only scanner at Infogrames was small. So they couldn't <laughs> shove like a, a full-size painting that uh, that she painted. Yeah. Okay, so they took pictures first, developed those pictures of those backgrounds, and then wow. they scanned them in. Uh, and I'm sure uh, eventually they were also touched up in like deluxe paint and whatnot. But really, yeah. because I, at first I thought, sorry, sorry to interrupt, because I, I really looked looked at a lot of background information. I think uh, they first uh, wanted to use uh, actual photographs of an old mansion, and they even had some old mansion for it. Yeah. But then it didn't work out because of the lens distortion, and of course it looked horrible. Right. And so they went right back and. Yeah, yeah, uh, did the whole plan, floor plan, in just, yeah, as you said, in bounding boxes. And I think, uh, yeah, they were just painted in, but in deluxe paint. So they, because they knew that they didn't, yeah, could could use uh, this, the scanned photos for this. Mm. This is what I've, uh, yeah. I've learned, yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at the, like, they're clearly resized, right? And, uh, uh, yeah, uh, the paintings, absolutely. <laughs> like, they're, they're, they're very sort of, like, uh, s- smooth pixel is. So, like, uh, if they were in deluxe paint, it would be, like, pixel art. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'll, 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 I'll reconfirm. But I, I'm pretty sure it's like a big part of the of the uh, of the GDC talk mm. with the where where the whole bit with the scanner comes from, which I find right, very, yeah. v- very amusing. It's interesting to link to that talk. Anyway, I think uh, we should. Yeah, it's a great. Talk. Yeah, we should put a link to that along with this. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting to see that that there's. There were so many games where they struggled to get some um, real-life footage into their computers for then using them in the games. Um, <laughs> a while ago, we talked about Prince of Persia uh, and how they made the animations for that. And it was the same problem that they had, right? Hmm. So, Well, the problem there was that just nobody was a skilled animator. So then instead, they just filmed someone doing it as a sort of... Well, I think in their minds, they were sort of cheating, but... Actually, it turned out to be a really innovative and cool way to do this. So, right. yeah. that's, that's game programming, but, right? Exactly. <laughs> no, but um, they, they also struggled a lot to get the pictures into yeah. their computers for touching them up. And yeah, it's interesting to see that. That's well, a common thing, possibly. Yeah, but that's like traced on, like that, that like you couldn't do at the time. Mm. Um, but it is hard to imagine nowadays. I mean, nowadays you just take out your phone and and boom, it's on your computer, right? I mean, yeah. And back, well, well, sort of. Things have changed so much. Exactly. It was really a hassle to get something physical into well onto your screen. That's like a how do I how do I do this? So yeah, I, these guys paved the way uh, for a lot of 
well ways to to uh, ways around this really um now the other artist i mentioned didier um he was actually working with the 3d models and the animations and stuff so uh i think i think the three of those made the first prototype that you mentioned phil I think well, so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So they by by actually this this prototype was made quite quickly because uh, in 1991 they uh, they started uh, I, I think in the middle of 1991 something like that they started working on this thing. But by Christmas they had a working game, or at least a, a, a working version of the game. I think know, even in September the prototype was pretty much finished. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's impressive. It was just eight or nine months uh, for the whole game, which is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Generally, de- development is for this kind of thing is super quick, and once you listen to the stock, you like sort of like. It's weird to find out, which I'm not surprised by how many other French games have turned out, is the development cycle is we discuss, 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 then we separate, then we come back at the end, we yeah. put it together and ship it out the door, and right. which, which explains <laughs> a lot of uh, <laughs> g- games of those years. Yeah, but in case with Alone in the Dark, a game that's so revolutionary and so cool, and in many ways, I do think innovative, even though some of its design decisions are questionable, other things make up for it. Um, in in inventiveness, uh, I think that's 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 really that's quite incredible that the whole development period is just so short. Yeah, definitely. Although I do think that it was sort of more normal back then to make a game in about a year. Um, I mean, definitely more DOS games were developed in such a short period of time, but uh, they weren't, for the most part, as innovative as this one. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's impressive. They sure knew what they were doing. Or were just very lucky. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe both. Um, Other people on the credits are Philippe Vachy, I think. Um, I'm looking at what you, if if I mess up, you just uh, say something, Juan, because I don't. Vachy is close to to an insult in French, so. (laughs) Okay. Uh, go on, go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, anyway, uh, I, I want to say he, but I'm not actually sure. Philippe, yeah, is a man, uh, right? Yeah. So that's the composer yes. yeah. uh, of the Adlib music that you mentioned before, Anatoly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one thing uh, that I read about this is that he he made these separate little themes for all the monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like when a monster enters a little, well, theme plays... Um, but then also this theme or some of these themes sometimes play without a monster entering, right? which triggers a thing in your mind, like, oh, sh- there's a monster, but there's actually nothing. So you're just scared. Which to, to this day confuses me. Like when that happens, I'm like in the middle of like an empty room. I'm like, w- yeah. why? <laughs> well, I think the idea is that, that you associate the, the exactly, f- yeah. being scared of these monsters with the music. So then the music plays and then you should be scared, right? Oh, That's yeah, the- exactly. It's just like with the with the floors and the doors and the books. I think, yeah, yeah this was ho- totally intentional, yeah. No, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting idea. I just don't know if it quite actually works. At least it never works for me mm-hmm. while other elements work quite successfully. What I specifically like about the floppy version is that before the monster en- enters, there is a string sample. Hmm. Uh, there's like violins going, yeah. and then right, yeah. the ad, it rolls into the ad lib music and stuff. And at the time, I thought it was sort of cool. And if you don't have ad lib, you know, you just have the sound effects. You just hear the the strings. Uh, yeah. But this this thing of 
giving you a repeated sound effect before something happens and then not making it happen. That's also something that modern day games have done, right? Um, Fear, hmm. for example, does it all the time. Oh yes, where you, where you get you get this this radio static whenever something scary is about to happen, and then suddenly you get the static, but nothing happens, and yeah, you slowly get desensitized, and then suddenly it starts happening again, and you sit uh, in front of your computer sweating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the good old fake out yeah. always works. It's yeah, I think it's sort of a common technique too. I read once the, um, one of the Half-Life designers, uh, uh, they talked about the headcrab monsters, you know, and every time you enter a tunnel, these headcrabs would jump out of the dark. But actually, they don't always in every tunnel do this. They only do this occasionally. And this is the, the thing that makes it scary. I mean, if if things happen all the time, then you can just depend on it. But the fact that it's sort of random, like the music plays, sometimes the monster's there, sometimes it's not. I think that's the fact that makes it scary or should make it scary and, uh, unless you're like uh, desensitized like uh, Anatolius. <laughs> <laughs> um, so other people on the team were uh, who... Uh, oh man, these names. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I know this guy because he, he went on to have quite a career in French games. Hmm. Uh, it's Hubert uh, Chardot. Exactly. So, uh, oh yeah, uh, what other games did he work on? Uh, he worked well. He worked. He went on to write extensively for pretty much like every single big text infogrames game. Mm. Uh, um, not well. The quality of it is up to you know whatever. But he is like a famous game writer in in in, in yeah. France, uh, and a lot of them are sort of along the darky mm. kind of. Uh, is kind of games including all of its sequels right. uh, and and spin-offs that was him and like Devil Inside I remember he him being like before that game came out that was like a he was like uh, really pushing that that that's going to be like a new and big and everything mm. and then it came out of course and uh, uh, I'm pretty sure neither of you heard of that game right but I, I have not no I, sorry I have sadly so it's, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I am I am familiar with that person but he is also the one who suggested the Lovecraft theme so maybe I should knock ah. on him too too much right right Phil? yeah I just wanted uh, uh, to to chime in. Because it was really interesting how the, the whole story came about. Because as uh, Renal said in his talk, it was just a, a three-day period where they got uh, pizza and pretty much role-played the whole game. He was, uh, Renal was the dungeon oh, master wow. and said, okay, we're now on the attic. This is where the game starts out. Uh, Hubert, tell us why. And, <laughs> and yeah, and they pretty much played, played the whole game uh, as an RPG within three days. And this is how the, the whole story came about. When it was still also uh, uh, Hubert made this uh, the Lovecraftian story, which I think we will get into later on with this whole Chaosium uh, uh, thing. Well, m maybe you can, you can talk about it now, too. I mean, we're talking about the writer, so... I, I didn't want to mess up your timeline. <laughs> I, I don't have a timeline. It's <laughs> okay. just... Make it up as you go along. So as, as far as, as I know is that at some point Infogrames acquired the license to make a Call of Cthulhu RPG. Mm -hmm. uh, right. if, you, if you know, yeah, the, the Call of Cthulhu RPG uh, was was quite a big thing back then. And of course, they had the name and this game lent itself to it very well. So uh, they, they thought, yeah, sure, we go all in and uh, uh, yeah, Shadow pretty much wrote it as a, as a Lovecraftian Cthulhu story. And at right. some point, uh, I think not a couple couple of months uh, months before the game was was about to finish, uh, the Cosium people looked at it and said, 
that's no RPG. And Renault said, yeah, I, I don't like these <laughs> RPG mechanics. They don't work. They said, yeah, but then you can't use the license. Oh, and, was it specifically yeah, for... Yeah, yeah. It was. Wow. I have a bit, a bit of more info, which is really weird. Why they granted that license for the other Infogrames adventure games, which are also not, not exactly. RPGs, which is <laughs> exactly. Shadow of the Comet and uh, its uh, unfortunate uh, spiritual successor, Prisoner of Ice, which is a very, very bad game. I know it. I know it has its fans for some ungodly reason. But uh, if you play, you know that there is a a beta version of Alone in the Dark out there. Um, right, that, yeah. That, that you can play, and it's very like unfinished. Uh, I love the especially the translations into English because it's in English, but the translations are clearly made by French people because mm. um, the, the words don't particularly um, match correctly, but they do match if you know the, the French originals. Right. And then it, it has, uh, instead of uh, AITD on all the interface that you pull up, like they all have like, it's because... When you press enter, I don't know if you like realize it's like three little paintings that are supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to represent. Oh. And each one has, has picture frames. Right. And then each one of them has like a little a like AITD. I think it says alone. I think alone. I, I just right, realized yeah. that it's in the sequel. Yeah. So it's there. But alone. But in the beta version, it says Cthulhu on it. Ah, right. That's interesting. And this beta version, it can be found on the internet. Uh, yes, if you look deep enough, right. yes, I believe it's out ah, there. I've played it, so I'm, I've gotten it on the internet, so uh, yeah. it's out oh, there. That's, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, despite not being an official Cthulhu game, I think uh, uh, when you play it, it's pretty obviously... Uh, it's very Lovecraft. Uh, Lovecraftian game, and it even has some explicit references... Absolutely, yeah. I see yeah. the Necromonomicon. Yes, and, and like uh, it mentions uh, the worm is a Chtonian. Uh, obviously, like there's a Lovecraftian uh, creature right there. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think it's honestly it's a better Lovecraft game than any of the games that <laughs> ended up uh, <laughs> being released, the real, released yeah. being licensed because. Uh, <laughs> Uh, did did I say Prisoner of Ice before? Did I did I mess up yeah, the yeah, game's yeah. title before? I was just saying, did I pronounce it no. correctly? But it's Prisoner of Ice. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, the person who invented uh, the Call of Cthulhu uh, RPG game back then was Sandy Peterson. Yes, who who then worked for It Software and did some levels for Doom. Ah. <clears throat> he actually had quite a game career, just in general. Yeah, he worked for yeah. Microprose as well. Like if you played like ah. Light Lightspeed or Hyperspeed, uh, I think Hyperspeed is it was mostly his, and uh, he designed quite a lot. Very very famous and also a very nice guy. Hmm. It's a small world. It's uh, We've ran into this a lot, uh, talking about the backgrounds of games, and then you run into these people who are also involved in other games, and it's just, yeah, it's like small in, world. in the end, it's just three people making all the games. That's really... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's how it comes down yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last person I wanted to mention was uh, Frank de Girolami. Uh he was a, a programmer who helped uh, who helped Frederick out, and actually, I think uh, Frank de Grilami he was also her, helping out earlier with the um, with the Alpha Wave Sport stuff. Uh, so they they knew each other. Um, although interestingly, uh, after the game was released, uh, I don't think the team was 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 too happy. Really, uh, I know Frederick himself wasn't too happy. 
uh, I think he he believed there were too many bugs still in there, and and he wasn't allowed to put his name in the credits, like created by Frederic Renald is what he wanted it to say, but he wasn't allowed, and it it had to say created by Infogrames. So I think there was some tension, and and we, after the game was released, uh, almost the entire team left, right? Yes, to uh, to, to form Adeline. Yeah. They, they had yeah. some some disagreements. Hubert uh, Chardot stayed, and Frank de uh, yeah. Gerlami stayed, and a few other people stayed. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, and uh, and another team was formed inside to do the the immediate sequel because but uh, yeah. I think there was a big dispute and of course uh, Infogrames also kept all of um, Frederick's tools which he wasn't allowed to use right yeah uh, outside of uh, you know that company so ah uh, that's yeah. I think he won a, a lawsuit a couple of years back to to uh, get back uh, yeah the license to his own tools that he made for Infogrames which is stunning that i think this happened in 2013 or so i or, did not wow. know that yeah. but it's oh cool. yeah, it yeah you should look it up it's it's that's like 20 yeah. years yeah. after we made yeah. the tools i'm sure it's uh it's useless now but at least <laughs> exactly uh, at least he can release them i was just think i think it was just cool to see the tools absolutely uh, in, yeah. in the gdc um talk it was really interesting to see like yeah. what the ui was and and stuff for the for the time that's 3d so early on the ibm pc you know so and yeah. it had had even some some very cool features. I think uh, it, it, his tool was called Three Desk, and he worked on it for four months or something. And it had some cool features like keyframing, so you didn't have to do it like clay animation right. to each each pose. Mm. So uh, the the game could really yeah in, interpolate. And on on faster PCs, you would see more frames between them, but the animation wouldn't speed up or slow down. Right. Mm. So this is pretty impressive for for yeah. such an old. Yeah. I actually like the 3D engine a lot because not it's people are always like oh it's like flat shaded polygons like yes but there's also um, it's multicolor it's it imitates like that uh, texture with something on it you know what I mean like yes. all the flying uh, chickens are like that and like the side of Edward's jacket. Um, and the wooden doors. The wooden yeah. doors. It also does uh, that shaded spheres. Um, which are used for heads of ghosts and ghosts disappear and like monsters disappearing. And the rubber chicken's body yeah. to save on polygons. Yes, yes. So like it has all those interesting <laughs> tricks, and I think it looks pretty good, especially considering how old it is. Yeah, and the hardware it ran on, even exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. And some sometimes those polygons have to be like rendered like really, really giant too. A lot like with, with some of those angles where like an entire leg is like half the screen. You know, like. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, very impressive. Yeah, I think the the system requirements for this game only require a 286 CPU. So and then a 386 for all the um, uh, the the, the CD-ROM version uh, stuff, I think. But even even that is really minimal. Yes, uh, crazy. Must yeah. be so optimized. I, I mean, let's. It's I have played it on a 286, and it's not. Great, <laughs> okay, but, yeah. but I mean, it it's play it's playable. Yes, it's mm. it's not great. Okay, uh, Florian, was there something you wanted to say? Um, yeah, a, a while ago you just mentioned how um, they all left uh, Infogrames to uh, start Adeline Software, and mm -hmm. th that's 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 a weird thing because that happened before, right? That's how Activision uh, started because Atari didn't want the creators of their games to have their names listed right on the game. Ah, so I wonder sort of why. Similar. I wonder why they didn't learn from Atari's mistakes because obviously those were talented people that they lost this way. So yeah, 
Yeah. And they made yeah. a lot of money off them. Yeah. I, I don't think Bruno de Banel is crying. No, <laughs> <So>. no. <laughs> Everything turned out no. fine for everyone. For him, yeah, for sure. No, but but back back then, I mean, yeah. uh, it could have gone either way, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. Also, wait, they didn't learn anything from Atari. They renamed themselves to Atari. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of indeed. Yeah. Yeah. All comes back to this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, this this Frank the the Girolami Girolami guy, um, he later became the project lead of uh, of Alone in the Dark two actually the the sequel. So uh, yeah, some of the people remained and they immediately went on to make a sequel. I think using exactly the same technology. Yep. Yeah. And uh, same tools. Same engine. Yeah, and and basically just. Oh, we have a hit game. Let's let's crank out another one. It, Just it was a, keep them coming. Who, who played that game? Uh, I know a couple, uh, a few of you mentioned that you've played. I it. tried yeah, it. <laughs> I think everyone can only try to play. This <laughs> it's game. it's it's awful, and people say, "Oh, it's because it's action oriented and what's not." Like yes and no. And only recently I found a piece from in an old magazine that there was an interview hmm. that said the entire team only had seven months to make the second game and the Jack in the Dark promotional demo. Right. Uh, both together. Uh, and if you've played the game and if you actually played the game like in, a, in any decent chunk past the original section, it's actually a game that's quite larger than than the first Alone in the Dark. Oh. And just generally it has more monsters, more resources, more locations, more camera angles. The backgrounds are now animated sometimes, which is actually really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, technically it's really, really impressive especially due to the seven months, but the opening section specifically states that the programmer who was responsible for the scripting of the opening sequence like made all like for some reason made them made that section impossible basically <laughs> uh, and then quit oh um, really and, and uh, uh, the uh, Frank uh, the uh, girl I mean yeah uh, girl that I mean I'm, 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 I'm that guy uh, yeah the old Frankie, Frankie. <laughs> he he begged Infogrames to give him additional time. Uh, to sort it out, and they wouldn't do it. Uh, yeah, I think they really so, wanted to cash in on the sequel. To cash in on the success of the first yeah. game. And it's crazy that that game was made in seven months with an entirely new, with pretty much entirely a new team yeah. that had to use other teams' tool set. That's, uh, that explains a lot about mm, that game. Yeah. Do you know how many times the first game took? How much time? Uh, eight uh, to nine months, well, they, I think. They say it's like nine yeah. months, yeah. Complete with the prototyping and the tools programming. Yeah, but I think I think some some work on that was already done before. I think yeah, it was already on the way. But also, you know, it's a much smaller game in scope than let's say the second one. Yeah, because it's really just the house, isn't it? Uh, I mean, you start in the attic and then you work your way down, and then you're out of the house, and that's really the whole game. Even if you know what to do and you do it semi perfectly, you you can finish it in forty, maybe even thirty minutes if you really try hard. Right. Oh, do people speedrun this game? I bet people do. I I don't know, but I bet they do. Yeah. But like I, I can do it in forty minutes without like really speedrunning. It's just like normally. There's just not much there. Yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, we, we mentioned that the people uh, uh that did leave, uh they went on to found this company called Adeline Software. Um and they went on to make games such as Little Big Adventure and Time Commando, which we mentioned, and also a sequel to Little Big Adventure. Um <laughs> and I think that's it also. That's weirdly. It, yeah. I mean they were on the they were on a roll and they were making all these games that people thought were really cool. 
And then, the, uh, what happened? That's just, they stopped making games? I don't know. Uh, uh, I think there was some other things where, like, the games were deemed not commercial enough, right? As, uh, as many games at the tail end of the 90s were. Yeah. And Frederick then tried to do, like, how many times there were things of, like, we're doing we're, we're doing LBA 3. You know, yeah. the people like, yes, yes. It's like, I remember at least five different times throughout the early 2000s. It was like, Definitely. oh, man, it was going to happen. And I was waiting for it. I like Little Big Adventure, particularly even the second game, actually. Mm. Um First game is also a bit antiquated in many ways, uh, uh, sadly. But the second game still to this day, I think, plays fairly well. And yeah. I, would, I, would, I would gladly play the third game. And uh, I don't think uh, that's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, it's interesting. Florian also mentioned this before. But actually, in, in some ways, the first Little Big Adventure, um, it shares some things with Alone in the Dark. Many. Uh, it's, yeah, it's also a 3D character on a 2D background. It also... Controls are really odd. The, yes. It's hard to aim. <laughs> different modes. Uh, yeah. Also, the different modes through the menu when you, uh, yeah, you get this box and you switch to what is it? Sports or, or? Uh, sporty, athletic, yeah. uh, and uh, oh, what's the creepy one called? No, aggressive. That's an uh, sporty, that's ag- aggressive, uh, and sneaky. No, uh, something. Uh, sneaky. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. So it's 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 really sort of well. It's not. It's not the same. Obviously, I mean, it's very different. But it's also, yeah, it shares definitely some DNA with. Uh, it's it's uh, like a action. This time, it's very action heavy yeah. adventure game, and you can also get stun locked very easily. They didn't learn that lesson. No, <laughs> well, I, I, I don't think even they wanted to learn. I think it was part of their vision that that you know, it's these are hardcore games, and <laughs> that you get your ass kicked yeah, all the time. Yeah, I think that, that this was yeah. I mean, you better get good at it, or uh, yeah, or you don't get to see the end. Possibly, French are hardcore. Yeah. That's what I learned from from playing <laughs> from playing early French PC games because yeah. they're so impossible. I was like, French must be gods at gaming. <laughs> I don't know if anybody can confirm, but I I had that suspicion for a long time. Maybe Marwan can. Uh, I know I'm not us. a god at gaming, so I think he wouldn't be allowed to tell. I, I can't confirm that. <laughs> but you only think that because you're in France and you're among these gaming gods so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well did, did, did anyone play the, the latest game from Raynal I think he released something uh, semi-recently too dark to- I I wanted to I even wanted to buy the get back the crowdfunding at the time I couldn't and then I didn't I um uh, I still kind of looking at it, but I'm waiting. It's rarely on sale, and it's actually hi- kind of high priced for an indie game. Mm. Uh, you mean uh, too dark? Yeah, too dark. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm still looking at it. W- one day when it's on sale, and I'll catch it because their Twitter presence is like non-existent and everything. I can never mm. see. Like by the time I see that it was on sale, I I miss it. Um, so eventually, I'll I'll buy it. It looks interesting, even though despite mixed reception, yeah, it's French. <laughs> Still is. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't actually. Yeah, I haven't heard too much about it. Actually, it's. Uh, I don't know. Was it really big in the in the gaming news? Nope. Nope. No. Hey, guess what? It's 3D characters over 2D background, <laughs> <laughs> and it's a survival horror game where children die. That was like a big selling point. Uh, every review lovely. point about. It's like, oh, kids die. Lovely. But it's like a cartoony thing where like you're running around from a maniac and stuff, and all the characters I think are voxel, not uh, polygonal. Hmm. Oh, that's that's interesting. That's uh, that's kind of cool, actually. Um, right. So we talked about uh, the graphics and the sound already a little bit. Um, 
Yeah, which is, you know, 3D graphics on a 2D background. That's uh, And uh, yeah, people also mentioned the interesting angles, right? Because that's, I feel that's really the thing. Uh, I mean, sure, it's it's novel that it's 3D characters and that is, yeah, that is cool. But the interesting angles, that's really what gives it this cinematic feel, I think. The... Um, Every every screen of every room is is in a completely different, yeah. How do you say this? It's it's viewed from a different perspective. Yeah, it's got this Hitchcock feeling of of strange camera angles. Yeah, yeah. I, I found that disorienting sometimes. I must say because you, only you, sometimes. You, yeah, you you, you 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 leave a room to the left, and suddenly you appear on the left side of the screen in the next room, and it's like wait yeah. a or the second top. or the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> it's really confusing. Yeah. It could, it can be. Yeah, it is. But it, it looks cool, though. Yeah, it, it looks looks fantastic. It looks really great. Yeah. If you look at it, the screenshots of that game, you're like, wow, that's uh, like good looking game for it, even especially for its time. Yeah, a really, a really good art too. Like I really like those sort of moody, uh, dark and corners sort of background. Just the style itself is, I, I think, yeah. helps that so much. There's a funny uh, thing about it because there are no visible light sources. Because, of course, it's alone in the dark and there are no light sources in the engine. So, yeah, they had some troubles of justifying where the light is coming from. So sometimes you see odd shadows. I think in the very first room, it it appears as, as if there uh, was some kind of light bulb hanging there because everything is casting long shadows, the wooden beams and, and stuff. But otherwise, there are no visible light sources. There's no all. light source. I great. never yeah. thought about that. <laughs> alone in the dark. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you look at the, the room, uh, with coal, like uh, we mentioned earlier, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, you can see the the light is coming from the floors. <laughs> <laughs> makes literally no sense. <laughs> but, uh, but what I wanted to say is uh, something interesting, uh, thanks to those camera angles, is that uh, sometimes you can see uh, monsters from a couple rooms away. Ah, yeah, I found that uh, particularly impressive. Yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, the whole house is in memory uh, uh, at once. So even if you drop something mm. uh, on a different I think it's it's per floor, but but still impressive because if you drop something in a different room and you can see through three doors, yeah, you will see it. It's is pretty great. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, no, it's very impressive. That is definitely cool. Yeah, um, yeah, and the sound. We also mentioned the sound a bit. It mostly has this uh, OPL music, right? This this uh, ad lib sound blaster music. Well, the the floppy version does exactly. Uh, and there's also a CD-ROM version, which is which is the version you can buy nowadays, I guess. Yep. Um, and it it sort of sounds the same, though. I think, like you mentioned, it's just recorded uh, with an Roland MT32. Yeah. Yeah. It just oh. it just like cheap 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 cheapish synth uh, renditions of that music, basically. Okay. And I think the classical pieces that are in the CD version are literally recorded off the ad lib with like a scratchy needle effect <laughs> yeah. over them, which is so yeah. weird. But in stereo. <laughs> that's cool, though. Uh, yeah, and, and the crazy voice acting, of course. I mean, that's really the star of the show uh, in the CD version. Oh, yeah. Um, there were also versions for other systems, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this game was ported to Macintosh, uh, 3DO. Also, I'm not I'm not too familiar with this. Um, there's apparently a thing called the Acorn 32-bit, which ran Risk OS. What is this? It's like a British computer that nobody cared for, but the best version of Elite is for it. Ah. Um, it's the BBC Micro. Well. Um, 
nobody may care about acorn machines but that's where our arm processors today come from exactly yeah ah, so it's a, it's a phone Don't. game really <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for a very expensive for a very expensive machine at the time um but uh, an iphone there's <laughs> but there's a interesting thing about um <clears throat> the um uh, mac version of the first game uh it runs in higher resolution hmm. uh not the backgrounds the backgrounds are still in the same resolution but all the polygons are rendered at uh, twice the resolution. Yeah, because the ba- the normal game runs in VGA, so that's what three twenty. Three twenty by two hundred. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool that uh, Macintosh basically did Super VGA. Uh, yeah, um, it was also released on these weird Japanese machines, right? The the, the PC PC ninety eight and the FM Towns. Yeah. Was there an FM Towns version? I'm actually not sure. Um, Wikipedia says so, but I. Obviously, don't know. I mean, I don't have one, and I'm pretty but, sure yeah. the PC ninety eight version is is completely identical. Uh, yeah. n- not sure if the FM Towns version is identical to the CD ROM one. It could be. Um, I don't know, but um, I read that they also attempted to ma- to make a port for the Atari Jaguar. Uh, it seemed that more DOS games were ported to the Jaguar, uh, notably Doom, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Doom was ported to everything. That doesn't count. Well, I guess that's true. <laughs> Doom runs yeah, on my toaster. Okay, that's true. Uh, but apparently, for reasons unknown, the Jaguar port was cancelled. So maybe because nobody had a Jaguar. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that version never came to be. Uh, they also made sequels. We talked a little bit about that. Uh, actually, only a year after, right? Like, yeah, the seven-month development uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's really short after the first game. Uh, came out in 1992. In 1993, uh, they already came out with the uh, the sequel, Jack is Back, which is just an awful title, really. Uh, <laughs> but I think they 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 named it One-Eyed Jack's Revenge in, in the US, or the other way around. Well, it's called Alone in the Dark 2. Yeah. Uh, it's a subtitle that's different, but subtitle is not actually displayed in the, in the game anywhere, um, ah. I don't think. And it's a it's a weird one, just generally, because it steps back from the Lovecraft thing, and it's like witches and pirates, yes, uh, and, <laughs> and pirates guns. and pirates are also gangsters, and it's like, <laughs> all right, shut up and take my money. <laughs> yeah, it sounds cool if it wasn't so impossible to play. Um, yeah. And the, like I said before, the art is magnificent. Like rooms have all different colors. They can tell the background artists were really inspired by art from the first game mm. and uh, made a lot of them animated and everything. Puzzles are even more bonkers insane. It takes place during Christmas. At one point, you uh, have to make a, a, a drunk... There's a there's a drunk Santa in the <laughs> uh, haunted mansion wow. and you give him more booze and he dies and leaves his stuff behind. You pick up <laughs> and you dress as Santa and that's the only way you can run through the kitchen and when you grab like a, a frying pan and beat a gangster to death with it and stuff. And, uh, wow. um, and there's this whole big, big, big backstory about one eye Jack the pirates and how they all made pact with the switch that they saved and eventually all became gangsters called the, you know, they lived for so long, they couldn't be pirates anymore. So they became gangsters. Right. And, um, because that's the same thing, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of. And there's a lot of like uh, card based 
uh, weird puzzles because his name is One Eye Jack, and it's it's a mess of the game. Yeah, it's the opening section is impossible to play. Like <laughs> it's impossible. There's the, the only way I was able to get through it originally is because my copy came with the trainer that both removed copy protection. And uh, and made your character like immortal with right. an on and off switch. Have the crackers fix the game again. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, that's the game that starts at the maze, right? With the Tommy guns. Yeah. Well, that. it starts yeah. before the maze, and good luck making it into the maze, which is really just a push of a thing away. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they 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 went on uh, with the series, right? I oh mean, yeah, they, it was yeah. a huge success. Yeah, so they made Alone in the Dark three the next year. Uh, so but they, but even before, concurrently with the Alone in the Dark two and the CD version of the CD re-release of the first game, there was a little uh, demo which was included and oh, was also right. distributed at trade shows called Jack in the Dark, which is like a little adventure game where you play as uh, Grace Saunders, uh, the girl who gets kidnapped uh, in ah. the second game. Have you played that one? I have played that one. It's a really cute and neat. It's very frustrating, but it's not action. It's completely just an adventure where, where she gets locked in like a haunted uh, toy shop hmm. uh, after Halloween, but before Christmas. And your goal is to free Santa, who is somehow is kidnapped and, and is kept in a cell in that uh, haunted thing. And you sort of go up against um, haunted toys and you solve those little puzzles. It's the same way. Like you read hmm. about something. It's like, oh, there's a, uh, there's a legend of, I could pick up a book and it's like, there's a legend of the marching toys and stuff. And you need to figure out how to make this toy with like a big, big boots, yeah. uh, get into a chest and then so on and so forth. You do it about five times and then for different creatures and then you save Santa and the day is saved. That's pretty cool. Stuff. But it's it's cute for for free demo. It's, yeah. it's very impressive. And it uses the same mansion, right? It's the same, yeah. Yep, it's all the same. Yeah. You just can't fight anything. Exactly. Oh, pretty interesting. Um, now, after the gangster pirate <laughs> witch stuff... Um, it it goes next, even more weird. The next logical step is to have... Cowboys, but of course it's, it's not Obviously. real cowboys. It's no. it's fake Hollywood cowboys, or like what you're. I think the third game is set in in a film set or something like that. It's a like a Hollywood cowboy town. No, it's a it's a real cowboy town that they oh. were shooting a movie and then everybody died and then realized, uh, 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 oh man, this town this town that we were shooting the movie in is haunted. Oh, it's not by, a set for the film. It's no, it's it's an actual town with like uh, a whole like a, a smelting plant. Uh, there's a Indian uh, st- curses that figure wow. into it. Um, it's even a bigger game that's only 3D. This time, the voice for Edward, Edward is voiced occasionally, especially in the intro, in the awful, awful <laughs> intro where he just like uh, his electricity cuts out and he's like, ah, oh, now I'm sitting here alone in the dark. Alone <laughs> in the dark. Yeah, really, yeah, stressing that like, oh, I'm saying it now, the title. There, yeah. There's a really terrible 90s rock song at the end of the game. Uh, it's also a mess. It's kind of better than the second game in many ways, but it's also worse because uh, it sort of turned, turns into like, um, almost um, what's that game uh, almost Dragon's Lair like you enter a room and you better know what that specific room has in store for you because you're about to die <laughs> in about 10 seconds and you right. just need to figure out what to do very very quickly um, yeah. so yeah it's it's cowboys uh, zombie and ghost um, cowboys it's it's not a good game but no. it's it's more polished than the second game and it goes downhill from there. Well, that's interesting because to me, this is the end of the series, but it's it's actually not at all. 
um, because they went on, and I only learned of this this month actually because we played this and I, I looked into it. I, I just thought there were the three games, the the, the yeah the first three mm-hmm. DOS games, but a- apparently in two thousand one they attempted to <laughs> they attempt. revive the series. I think that's the better of of the all the the new ones, but it's just like right. it's a, it's it's like a sub- substandard Resident Evil clone, but it has all the same elements. It's uh, 3D characters over static backgrounds uh, and yeah. pretty much kind of the, the same. It's very Resident Evil-y, uh, yeah. but it's, it's, it's that genre. It's not particularly bad, it's just not very good. Mm. It's called The New Nightmare. New Nightmare. Which is also, yeah, that gives away... It, it really gives like the B-movie vibe already, like the, oh, the new nightmare, it's, there we go. Uh, but, it's also the game that the Uwe Ball movie is based on. Oh, we haven't even talked about that. Do we want to open this can? Oh my God, there's a new Uwe Ball movie. <laughs> Should we really talk about this? <laughs> Has anyone seen it? Yes. Oh my God, why? Uh, because <laughs> I used to watch a lot of terror. Hell, I own the Postal movie. Don't ask me why. That's a, oh, I actually own one Uwe Ball movie. Uh, wow. It has two good scenes in it. I mean, it's two scenes that are funny in the in the midst mm. of seventy five minutes of the of the rest of it. <laughs> yes, are they intended to be funny or are they just? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing with Uwe Ball. Like he's like, oh man, like people are laughing at my movies. Now I'm going to make a comedy based on you know a comedy game. I'm going to make an offensive comedy. And of course, the worst thing you can have. You can have a horror movie or any other movie that's that's funny because it's ridiculous, but you cannot have a comedy if you don't know how to write right so it's basically a, a 80 movie um so-called of so-called comedy that's just not none none of the jokes are landing um but it has some like you know offensive like intentionally non-pc stuff that's mm. like well i guess could could be shocking it's also fairly mild mm. uh, like uh what's his face uh Vern troyer rest in peace mm. uh, gets raped by monkeys or some such shit it's uh, it's, it's that kind of a movie a great 911 joke in the beginning oh that's uh, always classy yeah <laughs> that that they showed actually showed that at the fangoria convention when that still existed and uh, uh that's actually what sold me on the movie i was like oh that's that doesn't look so bad that's actually pretty good hmm. uh it's like a window cleaner cleaning the window the view from the inside he's like no 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 no. it's like 30 seconds of him just cleaning the from behind him you just see like all of a sudden there's a dot and it gets bigger and bigger it's a plane oh my God. and you realize it and it just rams into the screen and that's when the title comes on and you're like oh you 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 kind of think that's the rest of the movie but it's not it's it's just uh, a, it's it's not even that it doesn't even reach that level but either way back to alone in the dark it's terrible don't watch it it's a waste of time yeah, uh, you already knew this, and you didn't watch. Didn't waste your time. Congratulations no. to, all of, to all of you. Thank you. I was not so lucky. <laughs> well, I I have seen the the House of the Dead movie by, but also by Uwe Boll. Yes. And, oh gosh. And this is actually when I realized I don't need to see more Uwe Boll films because yeah, this Alone is in the just... Dark it's worse. Is worse. Oh, than House of it's the Dead. worse. That's yeah, it's worse. Impressive. It is because, very impressive <laughs> because House of the House of the Dead. Um, it features these uh, teenagers, and and they're on an island with with zombies. Yes, but in every scene they have different weapons because they couldn't uh, remember what weapons they had. Yeah, yeah, ter- terrible acting. But you gotta face those like the bullet time moments are pretty cool. Mm. Uh, and uh, uh, I remember at the convention, uh, one of the actors was was saying that um, they were not, uh, you know, they're not like bullet time matrix. Uh, things mm. multiple cameras and see they were actually cameras on like super speed dollies 
Uh, and wow. at one point there was a concern like after they did them a few times like maybe we shouldn't do them because if somebody falls and like lands on that track uh, it will like decapitate them uh, easily there was not a lot of safety on that set obviously so uh, <laughs> oh, yeah but yeah. you know don't watch Alone in the oh, Dark well. it's no, not no. not worth it right um, but the series went on even further because Sadly. in 2008 oh, they, yes. they released a game interestingly called Alone in the Dark. And they were really pushing it, too, at the time. I remember oh, there yes. was a, mar- a lot of marketing material behind it. Right. Because at this time, the movie was already out. So it was sort of known by the general public, maybe. I don't know what they were thinking. I think it was a, another revitalization. They, they were just hoping for another revival of the of the franchise, basically. Mm-hmm. It was another reboot. Yeah. I have to admit, for me, it worked. I, I went out and the first thing I got the first uh, uh, day it was uh, on sale. I got the limited edition with the whole Edward figurine. Wow. Oh boy! And then I played it, and it was so bad that I made my first <laughs> YouTube review ever, 2008. Oh, so it's so it's paid off. Was this the reason you got into YouTubing? Yeah, exactly. This was the reason because I can't. Ah. This game is so horrible. I can't keep it to myself. There are so many aspects why this game sucks, and I didn't even get to the car chase. So, yeah, that's something. It's it's really it's a horrible game, wow. and I still got the collector's edition, and it's still not worth a damn. So, thank you very much. Uh, but this was this was still not the end, though. No, no, because then they <laughs> yes. thought, well, this when you so hit the bottom, has... just start digging. <laughs> yes. uh. Oh God, it's it's new. It's I didn't play this new game, but I heard so much about it when it came out because even the title is great because it's called Alone in the Dark Illumination. Illumination. <laughs> yeah, that's a really clever pun, isn't it? Oh god. And it's yeah, it's alone in the dark illumination and then it's not alone because it's an online massive what what is it? Is it like uh, it's not a massive multiplayer but it's a multiplayer game. It's a, multiplayer uh, it's, it's a little game. bit like uh, uh Left 4 Dead, I think. Oh, right, it's like that. Oh, I thought it was more like an uh like an MMORPG kind of thing. I haven't played it, obviously. It's still bad. Yeah, I, I read it, it, and it's multiplayer only, right? It's yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Together in the dark. I don't know. It's not <laughs> even dark. In the light. Together in the illumination. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Has anyone played this? I have not. No. No, me neither. I have seen Let's Plays, and it was just a train wreck. Yeah. Um, I see someone has added an image to the notes document with a Metacritic summary. Oh, I, I've just uh, I've just handpicked a review ah. of that game to <laughs> summarize it. Uh, there is a guy called uh, Video Gamies who said that the only thing the game gets right is me crying alone <laughs> is in a dark room. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, that's and they gave it two out of a hundred. That's oh, hilarious. That's still two. I mean, it's not nothing. Could be zero. <laughs> it's not that bad. The, the question is now: uh, uh, Will there be another Alone in the Dark game that could be maybe even worse? <laughs> uh, I don't know. We we have to wait how many years in in between the last uh, yeah, two uh, seven seven seven. So we'll find out in twenty twenty something. Yeah, twenty two. Yeah, there's a pattern exactly uh, yeah. between Alone in the Dark three and the next game, and then again the next game, and again <laughs> uh, it was about seven years. Each. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. But they also tried so. doing like an offshoot in the nineties. Remember the night chase slash time gate, depending on where where you were. Yeah, time gate. It was the same, same, same team, uh, same technology to do this sort of uh, time traveling, time traveling night Templar kind of game, uh, which was supposed to be the beginning of a trilogy, and that also didn't work out. I think at this point, yeah, the, the whole name alone in the dark is is really uh, the, the whole franchise even is is just ran into the ground, I guess. Mm. Yeah, but was it ever really like a, a successful franchise? Here's this: is we we've all talked about this now, but like the only game that's worth a damn is really just the first one. So exactly, like yeah. it, it's it's yeah. one of those franchises, kind of like RoboCop, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, speaking of that, actually, the the reviews at the time for for the first one, uh, they were really good, weren't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, this this first game was really well received. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. Um, usually, even when we think a game is really good, you find at least a few reviews that were like in the in the fifties out of a hundred range. But this game, not a single one. Huh. The the worst one that Moby Games lists uh, is at seventy seven out of one hundred points, and that's way better than. Most of the games we played before, even if they had lots of uh, hundreds results, I think it's probably just the, the technology factors in, right? Because I do think it's such a sort of like unusually like distinct looking game mm. for, for the time. Like I think that that factors into the whole like being like oh, you know, it's just technically impressive. Yeah, um, Richard, uh, Dos, Dos Game Club member Richard, uh, he scanned in some uh, of his UK magazines actually uh, with reviews of uh, of Alone in the Dark. Um, it's a there's a link on the forum to them, um, and I'm I'm looking at the the PC format here, uh, the one, and it's got a rating of eighty one percent. That's that's crazy, and uh, and he also has a scan of um, of PC Zone. Who apparently? I think this is a later review, though. I think this is like when they were reviewing classic games for some reason. Uh, they gave it a ninety-two. So, mm. yeah, that's uh, that's really up there. Yeah, especially considering the time, because back then a game with sixty percent was a good game. Yeah, they were way harsher then. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what Florian also uh, mentioned before. That you know, normally normally these reviews are like, well, this game is actually very good, six out of ten. Exactly. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, so for this game to receive so much praise, that's actually pretty cool. Um, although I'm reading now in PC format the conclusion, it reads, Alone in the Dark is far from perfect, but it should give you at least a few unsettling moments and an awful lot to think about when you're playing late at night. So, that's a nice conclusion. Yeah. I think that's, that, that's, that's fair. Yeah, it actually is. So uh, another bit from the same review, uh, they they say uh, Alone in the Dark is almost a new genre on its own. Mm. So they already recognized uh, it was really new in terms of gameplay and maybe a whole new genre. Yeah, if they had dropped yeah. the almost from this sentence, they would have been right. They would have been right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think this this leads uh, to us saying something about what we think of this game, right? I mean, people at the time were really, really enthusiastic about it, but uh, does it hold up now? Does anyone have thoughts on this? Well, um, from for, for me at least, I, I can see why people really love the game, especially when they have some nostalgia, nostalgia for the game. But if you get into it the first time today, it can be punishingly hard. 
and and mm. not not in the fair way always. So um, personally, I, I didn't finish the game because of that, basically. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I can understand why people love it, but you have to be into this kind yeah. of game to really enjoy it. I think. I think I agree with Florian because if I didn't have a walkthrough on my side to help me when I got stuck, I think I would not have finished the game. Mm. But uh, with a walkthrough, like uh, if it was a guided, guided tour in a museum, <laughs> I uh, really enjoyed uh, mm. this uh, little bit of gaming history. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's it's a little bit too punishing if you don't have a walkthrough because, yeah, like Florian said, it's it's just there are so many uh, unfair moments in it. And if you do have a walkthrough, it's very short. And sometimes you think, why am I doing this? Or why is this interesting? So I think, yeah, just trying to play a little bit and then use a walkthrough when you're stuck and then try try for yourself. I think this is the best way to experience it nowadays or just watch a Let's Play. It's not that long. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, actually, that's that's an interesting way to to uh, learn of this game is by just watching a, a, a playthrough on YouTube. That's actually... Uh, because I, I, the aesthetics still very much hold up, I think. I mean, it still looks kind of interesting, right? And uh, It does. Maybe we could say it, it looks good again, because this kind of aesthetic is on vogue at the moment, I'd say. Ah, right, yeah. Because of the whole low-poly... Uh, yeah, that's that's sort of a, a cool new thing, right? With the cool kids. Yeah, good point. Yeah. yeah, it would have looked much worse if if they tried doing textures on everything, like like the early uh, mm. Nintendo sixty four or PlayStation games. I think if if it looked like that, it wouldn't hold up as well. But this is way before that, though. I mean, that has to be noted. Uh, oh yes. Oh yeah. Those those games were were like the the, the real three D games we think of now. That but but this is like four years before that. So. Yeah. Well, what's funny? The second game is textured on the uh, on the PlayStation, and um, it looks it looks terrible. And <laughs> also, uh, the Knights Chase Knights Chase Timegate is also textured hmm. uh, on the PC. Um, it, but the style matches, yeah. so it's sort of like sparse and stuff. But I I really like that polygon look uh, personally. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. I think, and Martin, maybe you will hate me for saying that. I think it looks even better than Little Big Adventure. What? Um, this is yes, mad. Because Little Big Adventure has has higher resolution, and it's all I don't know. This this oh man, Little Big Adventure looks looks a bit uh, aged compared to that. I really like the look of the second Little Big Adventure, where they're they're casting ah. shadows onto each other and stuff. And I like the general sort of like uh, rounded uh, design of all the characters and stuff. Yeah, I I never tried the second game, but in the first game you have all this shading that that can look a bit. I don't know. It it didn't age that well. Uh, no. Yeah, first game is a bit simple. Yeah. Uh, well, the second game is a lot more complicated because the second game is actually in full 3D, unlike the first yeah. game. It's very different, actually. It's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, they, they lose the isometric stuff completely. Well, outside, in the outside. Right. Inside the houses, it's still pre rendered, but once you go outside, it's a third person camera yeah. that you can always reset to be right behind you. Um, it doesn't trail behind you because they didn't have, yeah. pow- it's not powerful enough, but you can press enter and just recenters behind you. And it has all this shading and all those effects and stuff. And the animations are really detailed. Uh, but con- again, considering how, how old the original Lone in the Dark is, there is very little polygons. But I think the um, 
uh, the way the animations are done and everything. Um, uh, he runs really funny <laughs> <laughs> and, and everything. Like all this stuff, I, I think is is uh, is really cool. Yeah, but um, back to Alone in the Dark. You know, I think what what's really the best thing about this game is that it's still it's still pretty scary. I mean. <laughs> I'm I'm not really used to playing scary games or or horror stuff in general, so I'm really not, you know, into this stuff. And I I thought this game was properly scary, <laughs> with the floors creaking and then the monsters behind the door coming at you, and you're in this creepy old house. And eh, I think it still kind of works. I, so. I remember you talking about that, and I thought you wouldn't continue playing because you were too scared. Um. <laughs> uh, Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's creepy. I think it's 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 really creepy. Uh, there are some jump scares, but I think it just the atmosphere of the game is 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 pretty unnerving, and because you're so vulnerable. Yeah. But also besides the gameplay parts of it, I even think like reading the diaries, which is why I I I, I started looking into Lovecraft and everything. Reading reading hmm. diaries and letters is actually really really, really creepy. Oh, I guess yes. unless you're playing the CD version. Which is when it's not in your head and it's creepy. It's more like this is ridiculous. Uh, but the, which is why I, I I actually persuade people to to play the floppy version because when you read those letters and everything in your head, hmm. it's 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 actually fairly unnerving. So and it's very well written. Yeah, yeah. The the lore part is quite cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, I I didn't have the the same uh, impression. Maybe it it was because I had the walkthrough and all, but uh, mm. I didn't uh, really find the game. Uh, uh, it didn't frighten me. Oh, not just not frightening at all because mm. yeah, I find it has a lot of uh, slightly almost goofy moments. Like uh, the time you can serve uh, human flesh to a family of zombies in the living room. Yeah, that's oh, pretty wow. good. There's <laughs> a few scenes like this where uh, the game does not seem to take itself too seriously. Mm. Uh, there are also that painting you can kill by, throw an, by throwing a neuron at it. There are plenty, there's plenty of slightly random things you can do. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I feel it kind of breaks the horror aspect of the game. Hmm. I think you're missing the point. You're just too badass for the game. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, to add some the game up. If uh, anyone um, has seen the Cabin in the Woods uh, movie, hmm. oh yes, uh, yeah. I'd say it's a bit a bit of the same thing. Hmm. Well, that's kind of a comedy, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah this game is definitely yeah. not a comedy, though. Well, I I know I think the game is great. it has its moments, <laughs> and yes, as the things I mentioned as well as like oh, uh, throw throw a very heavy statue at at an armor. Yeah. Uh, is the moment that i always found a bit a bit ridiculous um uh the monster in the in the bathroom yeah um the big jellyfish all that stuff <laughs> it's tentacles right uh, or what is i it? think it's, it's just like, a big jellyfish it's like a jellyfish yeah. with with things that's unkillable too uh so, yeah. yeah so uh, as as you you don't know when you're playing it but uh, now yeah. now i know and stuff but uh i do think there is there's a moment in the game that are unsettling when you're not screaming in frustration like like i said i'm a fan of this game <laughs> and i will admit that it has very obvious shortcomings throughout uh, like i already talked about putting yourself in unwinnable situations and just puzzles being not too obvious but like let's face it like who made it past the who made it into like the final sections of the game you know there's there's quite a lot of uh, jumping that needs to be done before you reach the final section and it's absolutely awesome awful um it's there just to extend the length of the game um for you to make uh your way off that one screen is 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 really painful and you have to just save and save scum basically there is no way you're you're making it on your first try 
uh, and all that stuff. And even in the end, because you reach a certain point of no return, and even you know you can technically finish the rest of the game uh, if you didn't do a particular action that you that you can't you can't actually do the, like the final action that's required. <laughs> Um, That's so typical <laughs> to to do that. Yes, there is that too. Like right, oh, yeah. And there's the part when you have to to jump, but you don't have the jump action for rest the, of the game. Yeah, most of the game, oh. it just pounds into your inventory. That's so random. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the second you cross a thing when you need to jump, all of a sudden jumping is enabled. That's weird. Uh, and stuff, and it's it's very actiony in its mm. last half and. Uh, and yeah, but uh, I still think uh, I personally would want people to play it, especially uh, uh, like you have to. Uh, now that you've listened to this podcast, I think you you sort of understand if you have never played the game what kind of a game it is and what it will require from you. Uh, I understand not everybody will enjoy it, and it's and it's antiquated. But I do think that its stronger elements and its presentation and a lot of its ideas do work it's not just looking at pretty pictures like if you lo- look at the let's play you'll appreciate the art and the presentation that's cool but you'll never get that feeling of actually playing a survival hmm. horror game unless you are actually concerned with your <laughs> health and what's around every corner which is you can only get firsthand. Yeah. and i think that still does work in that game that's a good point absolutely phil yeah i just wanted to add uh, because i'm uh, a person that also doesn't enjoy those those <laughs> jump scary hard horror games <laughs> and i think uh Alone in the Dark right, falls in the sweet spot between having a creepy atmosphere, but what really helps the game is the ridiculous monster design. I mean, the, the zombies are scary only because they attack you, hmm. but they don't look really scary. I mean, yeah. the, the horror chicken, really, what is it? It doesn't look scary. The, yeah. the thing in the library is not scary. The squid is not scary. So overall, mm. this this uh, may be the warm, but even it looks a little bit strange. So yeah, overall, mm. uh, I, I had... Like I said, I had a great time with the game and I'm of the squeamish type, to, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the, the final bad guy is pretty creepy, but he doesn't do anything. Yeah. No, but by that time, I mean, <laughs> yeah, by that time you're already used to the whole thing, right? Then, yeah, then you just want to beat it. And if 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 you intend to finish the game and you think you have finished it by, by doing the final thing, you haven't, you, you should, really should look up a walkthrough how to finish the game properly. <laughs> yeah, you, this is what I got me. Yeah. Oh, is that what you, is that what happened? This is what happened. I thought I've, I've, I had beaten oh, the I'm game. So sorry. And I don't know what I'm doing wrong and I can't go back and nothing really happens. Then I had to look it up and, oh, so I need yeah, to do that's, one that's, final that's thing. A, that's that's a, so random. That's not a that's not a nice no, move on their no. part. I, I I always hated yeah. that. <laughs> I think I think you should explain this to the listener a little bit, Phil, because I mean it, it's sort of a spoiler. I suppose it's a massive spoiler. Again, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, but it's then, a spoiler, but it's not hinted at. So I think no. it's, it's it's fair to break it. There is the, you have to get out out of the final section of the game. Literally, one of the last things you do is get back into the house from uh, from what's underneath it. And it's not hinted at in any way, I don't think, not in any of the books. Um, uh, but you have to do... Uh, am I actually going to say what, what needs to be done? I don't know. Go, like, go, go ahead. I, I'm always weird, I suppose. But there is a completely unrelated action that when you do it in a certain part of the house, doesn't really do anything um, for you. Um, it's only to free up the passage for that literally... Oh, are you talking about the perils? Yes, I am. Were you talking about something else? I was talking about something else. Oh, no. Because you can actually get out without uh, uh, doing this thing to the barrels in the cellar. 
You really? I never yeah. knew that. Yeah. yeah, I felt it's a it's an urban legend. Really? How do you get out without the barrels? I was but the only thing that always kills me is that you can kill yourself moving the barrels as well. So it's like it's really easy to think that you were not supposed to do that. <laughs> yeah, but I've done that's that. how I always got out. I, yeah, I, th- I think you can uh, push the barrels out from the other side when you when you when you forget to do it. Really? This yeah, yeah. I gotta this test is, that. Oh well, well. Yeah, here, we should. We here should. goes one of my main main complaints about it, actually, because I always thought that was a point of no return that you couldn't uh, you couldn't reset from. Oh well. See, I always I play that game all the time, and we learn. I always learn something. <laughs> I guess I should have looked at the walkthrough. <laughs> so what's your orbit? The the problem that I had was okay. Let, I'm going to spoil the, the ending of the game now. Yeah, go ahead. In the final ending, when you put this this talisman on the altar, I think. That's it. I've, I've finished it. Oh yeah. Okay. And but you have to light the lantern and yes. throw it at the yes. tree guy. Mm. And this I didn't do. And I thought I had finished the game. I've done everything it asked of me. So why isn't it ending? Why why can't I progress? And <laughs> Where I just, are the credits? What is this? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And Renal said uh, in in the talk that I didn't watch before playing the game <laughs> said he found it really nice that the first thing you get in the game which is the lamp mm-hmm. you will use it as the last item to finish the game which i think works out in principle very mm-hmm. well but it's it, it was never hinted at that you need yeah to to throw the, the burning lantern at right. at the defeated uh, unless you look at that painting in that hole also in the beginning of the That's game so extremely pixelated <laughs> <laughs> But it's there. But also, I think like you can you can screw yourself by exactly. like there's not having oil or, so many or stuff, matches. Yeah. Like there's just so many ways to like lock yourself into that in that sequence. Uh, and what makes things even even more confusing is that I think the lanterns goes uh, the goes out if you jump in the water. Right. Yes. Yeah, so every time you put into the water, it's not even mm. certain you can lit up actually. So because you're standing in the water in in the final sequence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You have to jump out and like, and you have to have oil again <laughs> and the matches to relight it. Or well, the the lighter, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, the lighter works too. Because the matches get wet when you jump in the water, which is a oh, nice true, system. Right. And also, I think, uh, was it the shotgun shells or the the revolver shells? The rifle, the rifle gets wet. Yeah, yeah, the rifle shells exactly. Once you jump uh, in the water just once, you you can't use them anymore, and it's pretty much useless. <laughs> oh, one thing, sorry, sorry, one thing that uh, my biggest gripes I have with the game is the inventory that's limited by the amount you can carry by weight. But yeah, that's never indicated anywhere. So if you pick no. up the heavy statuette... It just says it's a heavy statuette, yeah. And then you can't... Well, it's the only item that's indicated because it's mm. a heavy statuette for a puzzle. Yeah. That also makes no sense. But but uh, after that, you'll, you will, you'll have a hard time picking up anything else because the like, <laughs> inventory is full. With books, usually. Yeah. But it's nice that you can throw... That's another thing I, I always like. So there's always those little moments and you can throw the books that you... Well, that you read or didn't read uh, in zombies' faces, and it works. It's great. Uh, I always thought it was such a nice touch. Exactly, uh, it works. So there's always those nice, like, programmery things sprinkled throughout. Some are great. Some are well, not so great, but yeah, uh, they're there. That's cool. Um, yeah, I think I think that's the conclusion to this game, right? I mean, the, I don't know if anyone else has any like uh, wrapping up thoughts on this game. What about the the cheap ending? The what? The final cutscene. I think it's okay. And the music is, is cute. Yeah. 
I think it's funny that they made like there's a character select screen in the first game, but for the rest of them, they're like, okay, it's it just it just uh, Edward. Well, unless you count the uh, the first reboot brings them both again, mm. uh, brings them both, but they're not selectable. They're just uh, like Resident Evil Two style interchangeable kind of. Oh right. wait, the Resident Evil Two also had a selectable character. Um, uh, one of those that doesn't have character selections. Right. Um, I, I, I just found the the final twist to be. A bit uh, of a contrast with uh, the, it's really the, silly. the Lovecraftian tone of the <laughs> world game. And then you have a little, uh, I don't know, it's like a, a Michael Jackson uh, <laughs> clip. Yeah. yeah, I think it's more in tone with Dawn of the Dead, where yeah. there's this little gag at the ending, right? Uh, yeah, with the, with the music. Um, yeah, I just think the whole ending is kind of goofy. The music is like really uplifting. Edward does like this little jump yeah. when he leaves the house with like a yippee kind of kind of thing. And uh, yeah, well, the ending is um, I think is it's what it is. I think at that point you're just like glad that that it's over. <laughs> I never minded yeah. that ending to be honest with you. I uh, I'm not. Yeah, but how else? How else are you? I mean, how else do you end the horror game? Well, like you I can mean, end everything is fine. They ride into sunset. It didn't have to be like. I mean, every other game yeah. ended in a different way. Actually, the third game ends on a ridiculous song um, that is terrible. Oh, really? Yes. Mm. Look it up. And I think there's okay. even two versions of it, but like ah. both of them are awful. <laughs> so, mm. so that's okay. that. uh, just to be sure. You did get the ending where where the driver uh, comes to you. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you, it's revealed that it's yeah. a zombie. Well, uh, that that's the only ending that's okay. that's an actual ending. Mm. All right. Um, right. I think that wraps it up more or less. Right. Um, we mentioned that that the game is available on GOG.com. Um, I don't think you can buy it, the games individually, but you can buy them like the original trilogy all at once for like $6, something like that. Mm-hmm. So that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the original games are also out on iPhone, weirdly, yeah. and iPad. I think they released that so, a few years ago. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's iOS versions of these games. Controls can't be any worse. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I haven't tried them, but you know, if you have an iPad, you can you can totally play it on that. So, little little big adventure on the mobile is is surprisingly good. Yeah, so maybe I've heard so too. Yes, maybe this one works as well. I don't know. So uh, that's maybe worth checking out. Um, and the other option, of course, is is to go onto eBay, right, and uh, try to get an original CD or a floppy disk version. Well, good luck getting the floppy version. <laughs> even I don't have it, and I'm a, I always wanted it. Mm. Yeah, the CD version is relatively easy to get. Oh, really? Yeah. If you can find the find the floppy version of the game, then it's typically in the 80, 90 or more dollar range. So or more, especially if it's in a good condition and actually has the copy protection tiny tiny book that that the first game mm. came with. Or second second game with cards is like almost impossible to find the floppy version of the second game. Right. I, I recommend the floppy version because uh, its manual says uh, that uh, the game includes a virus detector <laughs> and that virus detector uh, is eff- effective against every type of virus called <laughs> on you. That's great. Also some nice the the, the, new, the newspaper that comes with it is very nice too like uh, it has some interesting like additional elements in the in, it's a, it's a box worth having the American version because that's another thing because uh, uh, Yael Barroz um, she did the art for the European version and the in American version it's it's pretty much it's the same it's a guy 
standing next to the house with a lantern is is his in his hand. But it's such a much better artwork uh, than the original French art, uh, artwork. Could it be some 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 person called Eagle or so? This is at least what I something like that. I, I remember there's a mm. it's signed. I have it here in my head. It, it says yeah, it's signed. And I think some people know who it yeah. is. Like the, you signed, can actually yeah. find out who that person is, and they have like a fairly impressive portfolio. But either way, it's a really good. It's a really cool looking box. Absolutely. Mm. I think that wraps up uh, Alone in the Dark for us. Um. What uh, what do we need to discuss further, Florian? Well, maybe what's going on at the moment and in the near future. Well, I, I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about what's going on right now because uh, I'm I'm a happy little nerd exactly. at the moment because after almost two years of doing this podcast, we finally started playing Master of Orion Two, the great one. <laughs> it's it's my favorite game of all time, and finally we're playing it. Such such good times. I remember when we started this thing, uh, the first thing you said was, oh, a DOS club, then we can play Master of Orion too. <laughs> and then and then it took two years <laughs> yeah. for us to reach that point. <laughs> well, <laughs> tension and relief, uh, release, right? That's yeah, how it works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, we're playing Master of Orion 2 a whole month. Uh, it's, it's now about halfway through November, so there's still plenty of time to... Uh, to jump onto onto this game and and if you do have thoughts on this game then please uh, share them on the forums and uh yeah we're happy to 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 read your comments and and uh learn what you have to say so uh yeah go ahead and play um we're also doing a multiplayer game right right that's a lot of fun especially since i'm the only one who played the game before <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's really easy to uh yeah, but this. Uh, well, let's 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 say I, I uh, underestimated the learning uh, capabilities of some of you. So, mm, well, this game is really intimidating for new players with all the absolutely. Options. So, yeah, yeah, that's a bit of a thing, but uh, it's really cool and it works uh, with the DOSBox uh, built-in IPX over IP uh, tunneling stuff that we've. Yeah, it works surprisingly well. Yeah, I'm just curious. Uh, what races are you playing? Uh, custom races, of course. Custom oh, races, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um maybe we can organize a multiplayer game uh, through the forums as well and get some uh, more people on because we can play multiple games uh alongside right so uh right yeah so that's cool um now next month we're doing something a little bit different in december aren't we yeah um we are going to play six smaller games um six yes six of what? them what um, we introduced them all uh, in, in more depth last month, so um, I will just list them, and if you want to know more about them, go back one month and listen to last month's episode, or wait until January when we have actually played the game games. Um, or, or, or join us in December and play them. Even, that's, that's the best idea, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we're going to play Micro Style Emma 2, which is a weird, puzzly shareware game that I remember from way back. Mm-hmm. Um, a few classics, um, Load Runner, yep. Alley Cat, yep. and um, I don't know if, if Ook uh, counts as a classic, but yeah. it's at least somewhat somewhat well known. And then we're playing your favorite game of all time, Bolo Ball. <laughs> <laughs> it's my mom's favorite game, actually. Or, or that, maybe. And something that was suggested, that's Minor VGA, which looks a bit like a crossover between Boulder Dash and Minecraft. Yeah. Definitely. And the reason we're playing these these smaller games is because uh, we have this game suggestion forum uh, over on the website. And and 
people suggest all sorts of games, but a lot of these games that are suggested are, well, they don't have really enough substance to them to last a whole month, you know? I mean, you know, I love playing Loadrunner, but I'm not sure if we can really play Loadrunner for a month and then talk about it for two hours. So, but we didn't want to ignore these these suggestions either. So we thought, well, maybe just bundle a few of them together and then we can talk about a bunch of these games in, in the next episode. So, uh, so yeah, that's what we're going to do. Yep. Um... Now, in January, the, 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 um, the new year, we're jumping onto the bandwagon a bit, aren't we? Uh, oh, we're trying, at least. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, of the whole Fallout uh, 76 release that's, that's coming out, the new Fallout game, we, we thought, well, we should play an RPG too. I mean, we haven't really played an RPG in, in DOS Game Club. Uh, so we thought about what we could play, and we actually opened up a, a thread uh, where people could post suggestions, and we got some really, really great suggestions. So right, but I think the one the game we picked wasn't actually suggested there, right? Oh yeah, it totally was. Oh, it was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah it totally was. <laughs> um, and and of course you're thinking it's Fallout, right? But but it's not. It's it's the Fallout predecessor, Wasteland. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I, I was just going to say, why don't you guys just play Fallout? <laughs> well, well, we could, of course. But uh, it's a bit, I don't know, it's a bit obvious or, well, it's cool to check out these 80s games as well. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a whole there's a whole generation of great looking 90s DOS games, but the 80s games are cool as well. So, yeah, I think it would be cool to dive into Wasteland, uh, which is the game that started it all, I guess, for, for Fallout, right? I mean, it's... Uh, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the game that started the whole thing. Um, it's made by the same people, more or less. I mean, it's uh, it's also made at Interplay, published by EA. Yeah, well, t- it's, but technically they don't take place in the same universe. Yeah, but it's which is weird. Yeah, but it's also sorta the same. Like uh, an off an off uh, unrelated uh, uh, wasteland two is the best Fallout three. So. <laughs> just, 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 just putting it out there. Okay, okay. Ooh, I hated Wasteland too, so I think oh, we have no. a lot of stuff to discuss. <laughs> well, we're gonna talk all, about all that stuff later. Um, so yeah, we're, we're gonna play that in January, and and we don't have a plan beyond that. So that's yeah, that's all I've got for now. Uh, yeah, if you're interested in this this DOS gaming stuff, then you can uh, join us on dosgameclub.com and you can also follow us on Twitter, where we're called DOS Game Club as well. And we have an IRC channel for old school chat people. Uh, and you can also join the chat room through the website if you don't know how IRC works. So that's all pretty cool. And finally, uh, if you're listening to this through a podcasting app, then please uh, rate and, and subscribe and you know leave some, some comments because we always enjoy getting those. Uh, and it really helps to to get the show out there to other people as well. So yeah, um, that's it for us. I think. Uh, thank you very much, guys, for for joining and talking about Alone in the Dark. It was really cool, really great. Thank you. It was fun. Thank you, Martin. Glad to yeah, be here. Yeah, awesome that you could all join us. And uh, well, see you see you next time, I suppose. Right. So uh, bye. Bye. Right. Bye. 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 bye.